Space Podcast. Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESOAmazon. Or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Hi, this is Mark. Congratulations. You have found this amazingly awesome show. Chances are you're listening to it right now on whether it's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or some other mobile app that allows you to stream this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. And I can't stress how awesomely amazing this show really is. But did you know that you can also catch the latest episode of this show on the Tangibound Network? That's right. Go check out TangiboundNetwork.com. You can look them up and you can listen to it right there. It's even mobile friendly. What more could you ask for? Which means you can pull it up on your iPhone or your Android, even your Windows phone. Yeah, who has one of those? But still, point remains, you can do it. You can do it. Check it out. TangiboundNetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. Check it out. I'm Chris Farrell from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the GunnaGeek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, Josh Peterson and I talk if there's a possible future for both Atomic Blonde and the Emoji Movie after this weekend at the box office. We also talked the trio of Stephen King adaptations coming to viewers in the next few weeks and what influence Josh draws from as he crafts his next great novel. Plus thoughts on Destiny 2 and the growing sentiment on the Atari and Sega flashback units as a substitute for the Nintendo mini consoles. All this and a brand new hit from Chudai and Hyperschmidt. It's a Stephen King library full of podcasting calamity we create for you today as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another edition of the pop culture cosmos my name is gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos and game source how is everyone out there today he's back in the saddle once again it's my good friend the chairman and ceo of humanican media it's josh peterson what's up my friend glad to have you back hey hey i'm glad to be back man i'm i miss i miss seeing my uh, my face in the lower right hand corner of my screen while talking pop culture, so it's good to be back, man. Let's uh, what, what, what do you what do you what do you got for me tonight? Well, first off, I want to thank again Rob McCallum uh, from Tiny Titan Games, and also as well director of Nintendo Quest for for sitting in for you. Congratulations to Mr. Rob McCallum. He has uh, just announced that he's expecting with his girlfriend. Uh, they are expecting a child uh, in the near future. A beautiful baby girl is on the way, and so we want to wish him all the best for the man who actually invented the name pop culture cosmos so 
We are truly excited for, for them and their family, and we want to wish them all the best on, on health and happiness with their new child that is in route. Uh, again, thanks to Rob for sitting in on the, on the show. Uh, we truly appreciate it. If you want to check that out, that is on the PCC Multiverse that is available on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, available on iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, and a whole slew of other download and streaming options, which I will mention after the next break. So, because we want to get into a lot of good stuff here today. But first, since he's back in the saddle with me again, Josh, can you give me an update? What's going to go on this week with the wonderful happenings at Humanica Media? Yes, there will be a new uh, Super BS Games cast as well as a new Attack of the Humanicans on Tuesday night on the Podcast Radio Network. I want to quiz you. What time is it on the Podcast Radio Network? Six o'clock, seven. And half right. It is 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. Yes, what you just said. Yes, but it is exclusive content for that audience, correct? Yes, correct. So tune in at 7 o'clock. You'll hear some exclusive uh, attack of the Humanikin. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> and uh, the, a lot of good stuff coming up. He's he's getting back into the groove of things. It, again, it's the attack of the Humanikins on the Podcast Radio Network. Also, the Super EBS Gamescast coming everywhere that you can download it and stream it uh, that's made available, including YouTube, uh, Podbean, Podcast.com, and, of course, iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts. So we've got a great show lined up for you today. We've got a great song from Hyperschmidt and a good friend of Hyperschmidt coming as well, and I'll announce that in a little bit. And also as well, we're going to be talking some Stephen King, some influences that my good friend here has as being a a world-renowned author that he is already, and a lot more books coming on the way as well. And also, uh, we may talk a little bit more about some video gaming, including what's going on with these retro flashbacks and uh, what's up with that as far as all the negative vibes that are coming out. We'll uh, talk about a little bit more about that in detail coming up later in the program. But first, uh, it was kind of a mixed bag here at the box office this weekend, wasn't it, Josh? Yes. Yes, it, it was a it was a mixed bag at the box office this weekend with a close race with last week's champ Dunkirk and also as well the Emoji Movie battling neck and neck as far as uh, which one will win out the weekend. Third place will be uh, Girls Trip, and then fourth place will be Atomic Blonde. Uh, Atomic Blonde is going to probably earn somewhere in the neighborhood of 17 to 18 million uh, domestically, uh, which is a little below what uh, studio estimates were were saying, which is going to be right around the 20 mark. Now, obviously, the movie didn't cost that much, so it's not going to be a big loss or big red ticket if it doesn't meet up to the 30 million dollar budget. But I ask you, with all the the interesting hype going in with Charlize Theron, and I've seen quite a bit of the action that's gone on in the movie, and it seems like it really, from that point of view, it seemed like a really killer type movie and and something that definitely uh, places on my list as, as something that's you know an interesting to see type film, but it doesn't look like it has resonated with audiences 
so much so that the cinema score, which is looks like into a, it looks like it's going to be around a B, is not exactly the one that you're going to need to have if you want to keep legs week after week after week after star as far as uh, word of mouth is concerned. So I ask you, Josh, is there a future for Atomic Blonde? Maybe an Atomic Blonde 2? Or is this something that's going to be a one and done and Charlize Theron as an action movie star may be something that may not come to pass? To be completely honest, I didn't see it doing good numbers in the first place. I it was. Uh, I think they were trying to cash in on the success of John Wick, maybe throw a female into the role and see what happened. Well, one of the original John Wick's directors is the director on this film. Yeah, and I know they said they're talking something about maybe crossing them two over eventually, but I, honestly, like, it's just one of those movies, like, even done with, I know, uh, you know, female, female. Well, that would be hard to do. I want to say the first off, but that would be hard to do because Atomic Blonde is set in the Cold War. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I know that they're trying to do this whole thing with like female actresses, and that's that's awesome. That's great. But I mean, even when such movies have been made in the past, like Transporter, with with like a male in the main role, a Transporter, or shooting up with Clive Owen, it still hasn't done that well. I don't think there's as big a market for over-the-top action movies as there once was. I think John Wick got lucky in the way that it was uh, it was perceived by audiences. And maybe Atomic Blonde will pick up, you know, as it hits uh, digital on Blu-ray and all that. I think it's world-building. Do you think it's a situation where world-building is it comes into play? Because I think with John Wick and also Kingsman, the worlds that they built seemed very interesting to the fan outside of the action. Is that correct? Right. Now it just and and this might these numbers we're seeing right now they might not mean anything. I mean they might they if they were to continue to push forward as long as it ends up turning a profit, it might just take a, a little bit of time for it to build momentum. Like I know at first, like you were mentioning with Kingsman and John Wick, like no those movies at first they weren't really that well received, and then people eventually started looking at them at them the same way that they look at like Boondock Saints now. Like that movie hardly made anything when it hit theaters, and then as it hit Blu-ray and it started coming out on their t-shirts and whatnot, people got more into it. So who knows? I mean, I, I hope that it succeeds. I, I want to see it, but not bad enough to go, uh, you know, pay for it. So maybe I'm one of those people who will give it more momentum as it hits, uh, you know, as it comes out and I can watch it from my couch or something. I agree with you. I think it might, might turn out to be one of those cult hits that, you know, five, seven years down the line will be more fondly remembered. And there's been uh, quite a few movies that, didn't succeed at the box office and disappointed uh, and uh, have gained substantial life within the home video market, whether it was uh, VHS, whether it was Laserdisc, whether it was DVD, whether it was Blu-ray, and now whether it was 4K Ultra HD. So definitely Atomic Blonde could gain a new life, especially because the intense action scenes, which... Uh, from all appearances, seem to be the core of the film and why the film is getting any notoriety at all. And when I say that, uh, you know, there's a movie coming out in early October, Blade Runner 2049. And why is that coming out? Why is that a thing? And why is that, you know, happening at all? It's because Blade Runner, the original, found a new life after its initial theatrical run because its theatrical run did not turn out to be a money-making venture for all parties concerned. So definitely that's something to be aware of. And with John Wick, you're absolutely right. John Wick was made on a small budget, 
the original one and and definitely it, it caught word of mouth later on and just kept getting stronger and stronger with word of mouth and kingsman like you said it was this funny quirky british movie that you know people were not really ready to understand at first maybe but somehow it gained a lot of great word of mouth and i caught it on on home videos uh and i absolutely love it and i'm i'm waiting to see what will happen in the next movie coming out in september so i can't i can't wait for that as well and that's that was something for me that hit uh, home video because i never really had an interest to see it at the theaters at the time but boy it, it swung me in a complete different direction so I, i'm definitely looking forward to both the new blade runner coming out and the new kingsman movie coming out and I'm hoping that Atomic Blonde will find a new life once it hits the home video market. And, and let's let's hope that it will gain an audience. And maybe you and I will better appreciate it come the end of this year when it when it hits that home video market at that point in time. But there's an even more serious question I gotta ask you when it comes to this weekend's box office. Is how in the world did the emoji movie do as well as it did? And does this now seem like it's going to spark a continued line of, of movies in this type of realm and this type of platform because emoji movie from from all appearances was a critical failure of massive form it will probably be on many people's uh, and many critics and many general audiences worst of 2017 so i ask you how has the emoji movie prevailed against such starkly negative odds. I was actually thinking about that earlier today because uh, I read something that Dunkirk had barely outrun the Emoji movie at the box office. And but, but you never know by Monday morning, you know, it could be vice versa. You know, you know, yeah, sometimes yeah. That, that flips if it's a close race. Right. And like, honestly, like the only explanation that I can come up with personally is that it's summer and kids want to go to the movies and parents need, want to take their kids to see something. And Either that or the fact that we are so in love with like emojis and text messaging and stuff that we will literally go watch anything that has some sort of uh, relevance to our own obsessions inside of it. In which case, that is actually very sad. But yeah, my only explanation for that is that kids are wanting to go to the movies and see something because there's not a lot of kids movies out. I don't think there's any kids movies out right now. Not, not really. Despicable Me 3 was the last one. And the nut job too, which again, I have no idea how that became a thing. I mean, that movie did not perform very well to my memory in the box office. And I'll take a look at that in a sec to make sure. But that that was just a, you know, how that's a thing, I don't even know either. But maybe they're, they're very inexpensively made. So maybe they translate well overseas. There's a lot of other factors there. But the Emoji movie, maybe it's just people that just like to hear Patrick Stewart talking some poop. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, the, the things that we find to be novel things these days are actually very, uh, they're not really even funny anymore. They're just kind of, you look at it, like, for, from my perspective and probably your perspective, we look at it and be like, that is just stupid. But to somebody like 10 years, 10, 20 years younger than us, like, oh, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. So it's just, it's a different, it's a, literally like a different generation thing i don't that's the only thing way i can think to describe it i know one of my daughters wants to actually see it so i'm gonna have to sit through it and i'll let you know how how much of an event it is 
And by the way, the nut job, actually, I was correct. It was a, for an animated movie, a relatively low priced movie costing around $40 million to make. And worldwide, it did over 120. So it, it fits that golden rule uh, three times the uh, actual budget of, of what it makes makes for a, a decent chance for another one. So it looks like why the nut job two exists and, and why it's a thing that's coming in a few weeks. Uh, I'll be sure to uh, line up for that one. I, I can't wait. But it's amazing how the Emoji Movie has has performed at the box office and seeing how even if it does $25 million, $27 million, the box office and, and ends its theatrical run somewhere at a 50 to $75 million. It's just amazing how, how that part of pop culture has uh, struck so much of a nerve with audiences that no matter how bad the film apparently is on the surface and no matter what reviews like you say it some movies are actually review proof and it looks like the emoji movie is the case so gotta shake my head on that one but hey you know that's what they choose they wanted to go see this weekend so be it what are your thoughts on the emoji movie and also atomic blonde do you think both should get a sequel do you think one should get a sequel do you think both are just full of dookie uh, <laughs> Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. We've got a great show lined up for you and just uh, just awesome, awesome hour indeed all set up for you. But first, we want to go ahead and play a song for you from our good friend Chad and Hyperschmidt along with his good friend Trudai. This is a cover of the 21 pilot song Goner, and this is the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. I'm a goner, somebody catch my breath. I'm a goner, somebody catch my breath. I want to be known by you. I want to be known by you I'm a goner Somebody catch my breath I'm a goner Somebody catch my breath I want to be known by you I want to be known by you Though I'm weak and beaten down, I'll slip away into the sound. The ghost of you is close to me. I'm inside out, you're Got two faces, blurry's the one I'm not. I've got two faces, blurry is the one I'm not. I need your help to take him out. Yeah, I need your help to take him out. Though I'm weak and beating down. Slip away 
This is Travis from Ghost Coasters, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmos Show and the PCC Multiverse. I would say Rogue One has a more worn feel, and I love it for that, because it looks a lot like New Hope, where everything isn't shiny and plastic like the Star Trek films. We always talk about timelines and the franchises that we love. Now it's kind of like, okay, now we're going to do a Han story, now we're going to do Obi-Wan story. People do still like to go into movies and watch things that are different, watch things that are not related to superhero franchises. With him, you might get the Russell Westbrook thing. Kevin Durant leaves, and he goes, I'm not going anywhere, this is my team, I'm lead up it for the long haul. If you're into like very strategic style games and the co-op games in general, it's a highly recommended game overall. And it's a sense of depth and personality that would escalate fighting games to a higher degree. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Every week on the Podcast Radio Network and Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop culture cosmos and game source we truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today if you cannot catch us on the podcast radio network where we've been number one five months in a row and it's all because of you and we truly appreciate it you can catch our shows on the download on the following entities itunes aka apple podcasts of course and if you do please subscribe to us rate us because we truly appreciate it and if you subscribe to us the Monday and Friday shows hit right there for you, so it's ready to download indeed. Also available on TuneIn, the Ace Podcast Network, Overcast.fm, Player.fm, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Podcast.com, Mixcloud, the ESO Network, the Tangibound Network, and the Gunna Geek Network as well. And if you do download or stream our shows on those platforms, you get 
bonus material, whether it's a podcast, whether it's an interview, you get always get bonus material. So it's like a two for one thing for absolutely nothing. It's absolutely free. And it's our way of saying thank you for, for listening in on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel with either the Pop Culture Cosmos show or the PCC Multiverse. So Josh, tell me a little bit about Stephen King as far as an influence in your writing. Are you a good fan of, of Stephen King books and novels and stories? You know, he's, he's written everything from small to large stories. So he's, he's covered the, the whole gambit of the writing landscape. I'm a pretty big fan of Stephen King. I let's see, like I my bookshelf back here has quite a few novels by him. One of the first like major book series I got into was The Dark Tower. Do you do you think that what's often thrown out there? I mean, because you know he's now getting up there in age, and there is uh, you know no ways there is the mortality issue. But even for him, do you think he's the greatest American author ever? See, that's that's tough for me because he has his own style. It's like it, I, it's hard to say like he's the best at what he does when there are so many other authors out there that that do the same thing, but maybe just don't have the same amount of publicity he had. So it's hard for me to say he's the best when I haven't read you know enough horror novels or mystery or suspense novels to fully say that. Because like I like Dean Koontz, like I would probably much rather read a, a Dean Koontz book than a Stephen King book, but. Stephen King has certain stories that I find more appealing than many Dean Koontz novels. Like I love the Odd Thomas series by Dean Koontz, but if you ask me to read a horror book between Dean Koontz and Stephen King, I would probably read Stephen King. So it just depends on like what the story is, what the content is. I know he is, I would call definitely call him a great author. He's excellent at what he does because he's, he's the standard, like when it comes to American literature, I guess. So you can, compare him to like uh you know dan brown of da vinci code or dean Koontz or you know there, there's several other writers out there of that caliber but when you when you think of someone who writes books obviously stephen king comes to mind just because he's such a a big name so yeah i mean i guess you could call him he's not the standard that i compare books to but i guess he is the standard that most compare books and authors to well, I, I again, there's stuff that I do like from from him that I've read over the years and stuff I'm not as keen on. I recently read Mr. Mercedes earlier this year, and I'll get more into that why that's relevant coming up here in a bit. But I, I, what I think sets him apart is his versatility and that he's written in so many different fashions from so many different genres. And obviously, we're, that's upcoming here in the next few weeks because there's three different types of movies coming that are adaptations of his work into three different genres from fantasy action and adventure with the dark tower to more of a horror theme and more of a horror slice with uh, the remake of it and then also as well really much like a thriller investigation story with mr mercedes so to me that's where i think he stands out is the fact that he's been all across the board and maybe he hasn't written at a peak level in all those genres, but the fact he's been able to succeed with best-selling books and winning books in all across those platforms make him, at least like you said, someone to think about when it comes to the upper echelon of American authors. Right. No, I definitely agree. And the numbers are probably there to support that claim. But he's, uh, and yes, he spans across certain genres, but they're just like, 
there's some titles that I've picked up by Stephen King and I just, I started and I'm like, I'm really just not into this at all. So it's, it, yeah, it's, it all depends. Yeah, he, definitely. I, I would say he's, he's up there, but um, you know, we it's interesting because we were talking about like it and the dark tower and how he spans genres. I know we've talked about this before, but the dark tower, I don't know if you've read the entire series of books, but that is actually the, uh, the axis on which all of his other stories turn. So like, the dark, if you read The Dark Tower, it talks about how uh, The Dark Tower is basically what holds all the worlds together and all the creatures that have been in his other books, like The Stand and It and Cujo and Christine, yeah, and Carrie. and Christine uh, actually makes an appearance in Ready Player One, just to let you know. Yeah, yeah, I was reading that. But like all of these creatures that inhabit his books, they exist because The Dark Tower is failing. It's an interesting theme because it, it pretty much is a joint universe. Well, that's very interesting. I kind of really dig that that's the case. Uh, and uh, what, where would Mr. Mercedes fit into that that line? I know you said you had the book. I've actually read the book this year, and it is coming. Amazing enough, it, Mr. Mercedes, which of the three movies will be the least publicized and will be the least viewed because it's on the audience network? But it is a several-day event, I believe, and it's just it almost it is a mini-series for all intents and purposes. And but it looks like it's going to try to somewhat faithfully recreate that type of movie and that type of thriller with Brendan Gleeson in the title role. So he's always been a a favorite actor of, of many, including myself. So I, I think he'll play the role very admirably, uh, and I really liked what's going to be set up there. I just which was on a larger platform than the audience network, which for DirecTV users is great because it, you know, it's accessible there, but for many other outlets and, and whatnot, it's just not going to be able to get it until it hits home theater or some other venue, some other platform like Netflix, Hulu, and whatnot. But who knows when that will, will happen. He has a show on Hulu as well, right? It's titled, it's about John F. Kennedy and some like time travel or something. If I remember. Uh, Is that the one with uh, James Franco? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's yeah. on. Uh, something yeah. 68 is based off a date. Yeah. It's based it, off the date, date, yeah. Date of Kennedy's death, I think, is what it was. Yes, yes, that's correct. He's got so much out there that seems trans translatable to a, a modern audience, to a television audience. So that's, that's another just great platform for for his work is that so much gets translated onto the screen how do you think they're going to handle the uh i don't know the pennywise uh properties that are going to be seen in the dark tower how do you think that's going to be handled as far as uh, studios sharing rights and whatnot do you think there's a, a contract clause in there somewhere that allowed them to do that because i know a big thing in it is uh something about the turtle and the turtle is actually a huge part of the resolution of the dark tower. So how, how do you think that's going to go down as far as studios? Well, I think it, in this case, I think if it gets Stephen King's blessing and if he comes out openly and in, in the public uh, strongly for the picture, because he knows of the three movies, he has to get behind the dark tower the most, because that's the biggest production of the three. That's the one where, there could be the most potential loss and the highest of gains, if I'm not mistaken, correct, of all three platforms. How do you think? Because there are parts in the Dark Tower that are vital to the story, and I saw it in the trailer, too, that says uh, Pennywise. It's, like, vital to moving the Dark Tower forward. So it's uh, – that's Well, I think I in this case, they, they – obviously, you know, they – 
if Stephen King wanted to them to do that and, and make sure that was emphasized, then I think that both studios were like, okay, you, you got to do it. You got to do it because this is Stephen King property. And all it takes is just one tweet or one interview, bad mouthing both, both studios on it for both of them to tank. And again, and you don't want, you don't want that to happen. Now, as far as if from you, if you enlighten me on the structure of how it's being laid out as far as for audiences with both being theatrical films, this plays in beautifully with the dark tower coming first, leading you hints and giving you hints of Pennywise within that realm so that people will be actually intrigued to go see it, it even more almost virtually one month later, correct? Right. So if you see in the, the trailer for the Dark Tower, they do have like this, the place where Pennywise came from. There's like a mention of the name on a sign and stuff. So, uh, and then, you know, you can go see it a month later. And I'm just, it's, I'm excited to see like this cross studio cooperation. Cause I know there's talk back when Spider-Man came out, they're talking about uh, Marvel gave their blessing to have Oscorp or something in the, in the middle of the city. So it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to go further down the line because I know there are a lot of uh, Stephen King properties across a lot of different studios. So I'm just curious how they're going to handle all that. But I guess like if Stephen King is he's in charge of a lot of this stuff or they're wanting his blessing on a lot of this stuff, they're going to have to um, you know make some exceptions. They are going to have to play ball because it's not like a deal where you have Fox and the X-Men, Fox and the Fantastic Four, where they can play ball without Marvel essentially and and essentially build their own universe without hit, you know their blessing but not because they signed the contracts that have been sitting there for years so that that's something we've talked about on numerous occasions but when it comes to Stephen King movies and the Stephen King universe ultimately you have to talk to him and get his blessing on it and and if you don't have that like like I said Josh all you have to do is one tweet that's all it takes and you that could severely severely financially impact a theatrical film release right right so yeah you know we're in the age of uh, social media so that stuff is entirely possible it's funny because actually- he knows that and he definitely believe me stephen king is very up on what's going on in today's world yeah yeah i know um it's funny too because in uh in it the book there's actually a line where he's talking about how uh, he wishes a story could just be a story, no politics or anything, but he's on like Twitter and stuff, but not political tweets. So there's just a lot, you know, it's a lot of stuff changes with the times. I'll bet, you know, back when Langoliers came out, it wasn't the same or Dreamcatcher probably wasn't the same story. But nowadays, Stephen King's become such a big name and a lot of people want to adapt. And, you know, they got to make an exception, man. Got to keep Stephen King happy. Exactly. But I can't wait for that misery reboot to happen because, you know, it probably will at some point in time. Did you did you at least see Misery? Yeah, I always make jokes about Misery, and nobody ever knows what it's from. I'm like, you know, like Misery, and they're like, what? I'm like, you know, where a uh, guy gets his legs broken because the yeah, lady, lady that's, in the that's, I'm sorry, that's one of the few times on screen where I've actually just winced in as far as when I saw that because uh, I was not expecting that in Lisa and, and you know Kathy Baker. That's where she she's uh, relevant today. Uh, still and that's all it emanated from that performance so that's uh, i thought it moved when i watched it the, especially the first half was really slow but man 
as soon as that leg breaking happened, it was it was all bets are off from there. And just oh my gosh! So, <laughs> yeah, but that was back when it was still a good picture. And I, I bet you, I bet you money that that Hollywood's going to reboot that as either a TV movie or Netflix film or, or something of that nature. I bet you money it's going to happen. Not that I want it to happen, but I bet you it will. Four dollars at Walmart. You can pick up the DVD if you want to. No, it's okay. I've seen it once. I've seen it enough. But <laughs> so, what are your thoughts out there, everyone, on the Stephen King films that are coming up? It's Mr. Mercedes on the Audience Network. I hope you get a chance to check that out, or if it comes by to a downloading or home video option, I hope you get a chance to check that out because I really like the story. Didn't think it was super super, but I thought it was really strong. Uh, and then also as well. You've got The Dark Tower, which is coming later on this week, I believe, August 4th. Uh, we're going to talk more about that on the PCC Multiverse. And then also as well, Stephen King's It, which Josh has enlightened me, is coming to theaters early in September. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. You can send us a message and share us your thoughts, and we'll elaborate on... Stephen King and and all the good stuff that's coming out from him and all the good stuff that you might have liked in the past We'll just elaborate on the show for you as well. You're listening to the pop culture cosmos Do you love pizza? Do you love brothers? Then you'll love the pizza bros podcast The pizza bros podcast is a weekly show where two brothers discuss all things pizza pizza snacks pizza fashion pizza tech pizza history and don't forget the epic saucy 16 we review pizza from local restaurants in the Pacific Northwest. And let you know if it's worth your time and money. Each episode is only about 13 to 30 minutes, so it won't take up most of your day. Served up hot and fresh every Wednesday. The Pizza Bros Podcast. Wherever podcasts are sold. We don't sell our podcast. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We're back for more with the show. And Josh... Just wanted to ask you, uh, you know, because you've got so many things going in the fire, obviously a great podcast, but you also got some books that actually Rob and I plugged on our PCC multiverse that Rob pointed out that you had coming on the way. What are those titles of those books again? Congratulations, You Suck and The Conjurer's Daughter. Yes, uh, absolutely. There's some some great books coming out. You've already finished The Conjurer's Daughter, correct? That was something you previously did, and you, you're now bringing it to life uh, as a full-fledged novel coming out, correct? Yeah, so that's one I found on my computer. I wrote that shortly after Vendetta Dark. My, uh, I, I like to think that I've, I've gotten a little better at, at the craft since I wrote it, so I'm trying to go in and clean up all the, uh, all the little extra pieces. But yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's connected to the world of Vendetta Dark, so I hope that gets people excited. When the both of those come out very soon to readers out there, they can get a good idea of what's going on with, with Josh's world and, and the world that, that started with Vendetta Dark. But I want to ask you, as an author, what are some of the book influences that you take from over the years that you can apply or you do apply to your writing? Yeah, so I do this thing where like I, I can go into like Barnes and Noble and I just spend hours reading the first pages of books and that's kind of my I I take notes on them and I see how other authors do it like best selling authors see what their tactics are and all that so I I've read a lot of um, 
John Jonathan Tropper, who has who wrote the uh, movie or he wrote the book. This is where I leave you, I think. But yeah, so he wrote that book, and he has a whole other he has a whole bunch of other books. One of them is called How to Talk to a Widower. I definitely recommend it because that influenced a lot of my own writing. And then there's Ben Brooks, who's a British. He's he's from Britain, and he he's wrote his first novel at the age of sixteen, so he's kind of a prodigy. But uh, and then uh, as far as like the Conjurer's Daughter goes, there's a couple mystery writers that I kind of base were was influenced by. So you have like uh, Paul Doyrin, who wrote The Poacher's Son. It was a Edgar Award finalist back in 2012, I want to say. And yes, I did take some stuff from Dean Koontz and Stephen King. Uh, just kind of as far as they're good at shaping suspense, and that was kind of what I was going for in this book. But uh, I, I like to think that I put kind of my own style into it as well. Because this is The Conjurer's Daughter is in first person, whereas uh, like Vendetta Dark was third person. So I'm just trying some new styles with this. But yeah, those are my three major influences were Jonathan Tropper, Ben Brooks, uh, Paul Doyren, and Stephen King and Dean Koontz. So those are kind of shaped uh, my love of writing novels. How about the infamous Joe Cool? Who? Joe Cool, Snoopy. When he writes, it was a dark and stormy night when he writes. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had to say that. That was setting you up for that one. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, typing it. Because you, know, you see it when you watch the peanut. I'm sorry. I'm going in the Wayback Machine now. When you watch the peanut specials and you see Snoopy sitting on top of his doghouse with the typewriter, it was a dark and stormy oh, night. Okay. All right. I do it. And it just is dot, dot, dot. And then. Never anything else, but that's okay. It usually goes to like a flashback scene. You also have to remember that most of the dialogue in the Peanuts is wah, 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 wah. <laughs> yes, yes. Although the Peanuts movie, I think, is highly underrated. And if you get a chance to see it, the one that came out in recent times, I think, what, what two, three years ago, that one definitely should see that, along with the Muppets movie as well. But that's for another day. We'll, we'll talk about some movies that you, you really should get into on another episode. So... Uh, definitely, we'll save that for for another rainy day. Indeed, a dark and stormy night. How about that? So, what are some of your influences when you read, and some of the books that you like reading, and some of the good suggestions you might have for our audience? We all know that uh, the Wine, Women, and Words podcast, which comes out regularly every Thursday, they always have some great suggestions on books. But what do you like to read out there? What are some of the great books that you've enjoyed? And what are some of the books that you think would be great for our audience to check out? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Game Source, and Humanica Media on Facebook and Twitter as well. When we come back... We're going to close out the show and we're going to close out with some talk on some video games and also some retro video game units. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. 2017 is a pinnacle year for Rob McCallum Films. Coming off the heels of the internationally acclaimed and award-winning documentary Missing Mom, we're in the final stages to release Kitty, Origins and Evolutions. Check out this heavy metal biopic that explores the ups and downs of rock and roll for the women in Kitty who blazed a trail in the music industry in the face of unthinkable adversity. Kitty Origins and Evolutions releases this year from Rob McCallum Films. 2017 is the year to set your future on fire. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. I'm here along with my good friend, Mr. Josh Peterson. Just want to uh, make sure everybody knows that Attack of the Humanicans is 
every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on a podcast radio network. And then also as well on Friday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, it's the PCC Multiverse as well. And I know the PCC Multiverse drops on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel on all those streaming and downloading channels that I mentioned earlier. Where does all the Humanican media stuff drop, including Attack of the Humanicans, the Super BS Gamescast, What About This, and more? It's all over the place, honestly. Like, you can catch most of it on iTunes, but, uh, you know, as far as, like, Topicocalypse goes, like, that's confined to podcast.com and YouTube. What About This, you can catch on Podbean, and which that also distributes to all your major podcast outlets. And then... Um, uh, Attack of the Humanicans is not even available to download yet, so I'm I'm currently working on. I just uh, maybe in the next uh, couple weeks, hopefully, I'll have all that stuff in one place for people. But Attack of the Humanicans is definitely on Tuesday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. So that's exclusive right now to the Podcast Radio Network, and that's definitely something to look forward to, indeed. Well, Josh, uh, the Destiny 2 beta was out, and it obviously thrilled a lot of Destiny fans. But did it gain some new interest with players out there, with gamers out there? I want to hear your thoughts, but I can tell you from my standpoint, to me, it, it didn't grab me again like the first original Destiny did. I think it was a better telling. It was more polished Obviously, from a, from a narration and, and a story standpoint, from what you could play, it seemed a little bit better on that sense. Uh, the action seemed a little bit more fluid, but for some reason, it still just doesn't grab a hold of me. I still don't have that connection with with uh, the the players, uh, with the the you know your your characters that you play, and then also the characters you you interact with within the within the volume and the context of the game. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Destiny 2 beta? Was there any interest on your part? Or was it something that, that you see going forward that will make you want to buy Destiny 2? I didn't play the beta. I never played the first one. You know, at this point, like there are so many games coming out that I want to play. Like that it would have to be there would have to be something really crazy good in that game to pull me into it. Maybe uh, you know, if my friends were playing, maybe I'd pick it up, but like I just right now I don't have any interest in it. What we saw at E3 looked cool. Um, you know, I, I liked I liked watching it. I liked seeing people play in the dynamic there. But uh, right now I just I, I don't have a lot of interest in it. Uh, and that's that's not uh, you know that's not different from what a lot of other people are saying as far as what I'm seeing and reading and the vibe is that it is more of Destiny, which to Destiny fans that is a good thing because. Finally, after you know a couple years or whatnot of polishing updates, story enhancements, story changes, character changes, and level design uh, fixes, and and multiplayer and single player challenges and story th elements that have been updated, it seems like it is now a, a, a better polished game by far than what it was when it first originally released. The, I'm talking about the original Destiny, of course, and Destiny 2 looks like a, a good step for for many that that like it. But for those who are could never really get into it, like you and I, uh, I did play several hours of the of the original Destiny and just could never really grab onto me like that. It, it just again, it was something that I just couldn't really get into 100% and devoted because I just didn't find a hook for it. Um, I still haven't found it yet. I'm hoping maybe I can, if I watch more footage uh, or when a game comes out, I can. So I'm, I'm hopeful of that. 
I haven't written off completely, but yes, it is going to be definitely something that I'm going to have to take a longer look at in order to get that hook. What are your thoughts on Destiny 2, the beta, and then the game overall? Is something you want to get when it comes out just here and around around the corner in a couple months? Or is it something that you just want to wait until it hits the bargain bin or not even at all? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos. Game Source and Humanica Media on Facebook and Twitter as well. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture, head on over to our brand new site, www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos. I'm here along with my good friend, Mr. Josh Peterson of Humanica Media. And before we head on out and talk about our last great subject of the evening, Josh, can you share what's going on this week with everything wonderful at Humanica Media? Uh, Super BS Gamescast. We're going to be recording a new one, and you can check out a brand new episode tomorrow, assuming the podcast server goes back online. Yeah, and also tune in Tuesday night at 7 p.m. for Attack of the Humanicans. You can catch some exclusive content. That sounds great. I, I can't wait to see some more great stuff from Humanica Media, and it all starts tomorrow. That's Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. So, Josh, I know you you are a huge video game fan like I am, obviously, being a part, one-third of the Super BS Games cast that you are. You really like gaming as much as I do, and someone who does go back a long ways with video game systems. Did you get a chance to play over the course of your life any time with either the Atari 2600, which may be a little bit too old for you, but it wasn't for me because I've, I've had one, or the Sega Genesis. Not the Atari, but yes, to Sega Genesis. That was how, was that, how was that an experience for you? Yeah, I, I loved it. That was my first foray into video games. All my friends were playing Nintendo. I got the Sega Genesis, and I was like, I got something you don't have, so there's that. But yeah, I, I grew up on those games, and I remember, it's funny because I saw a meme the other day, like if you... It said, uh, if you were born in the 90s, you remember how frustrating this game was. And it was a picture of the Lion King on Sega Genesis. I was like, ah, true story, man. True freaking story. <laughs> so with all that in there, as far as your experience and obviously mine from, from playing both the Sega Genesis and also uh, having an Atari 2600 I guess what, what we've seen this wave of nostalgia come back into video game with a lot of re-releases and obviously the, the big success of the NES system, the mini console that came out last year from Nintendo, which unfortunately was discontinued even with such a huge demand on the actual system, so much so that they they now have in, in pre-order, you know, if you can try and get it pre-ordered, the super nes mini system coming later this year from nintendo as well and that type of success has led to many others trying to recreate that same type of nostalgia 
And I believe at games uh, it's coming out with a latest version because uh, I've had previous versions of both the Atari flashback and also as well the Sega Genesis flashback systems. The Atari flashback system hasn't really made any headway either which way. I know a lot of people have indicated to me that they're thinking about getting this latest version because of some of the titles it has. It's well over 100 and that's very, very good as far as that type of value for $79.99. But I know some people have talked about trying to get uh, Pitfall or, or Kaboom, which is really the title that a lot of people have mentioned to me as far as what they were interested in getting. But when it comes to the Sega's Genesis flashback, that seems to be a much bigger problem with all the advanced reviews and all the box openings this week. Uh, and it's not getting the kind of interest that at games who actually have recreated the Sega Genesis system, you know, somewhat faithfully, and then also was well provided, uh, you know, um, wireless controllers instead of the usual wired ones. Problem is, yes, it does uh, come with 85 pre-installed games to play, many of which are Sega Genesis games, but the choices on a lot of them as I'm sure you've been able to see a little bit of the list there, Josh, uh, a lot of them are, were never even meant for the Sega Genesis. A lot of them were never even made for the Sega Genesis. And a lot of them are just appear to be just add-ons for the sake of add-ons just to get the number higher. So I ask you, Josh, why the misfire on producing something like that? And, and didn't at games think that that they were going to get a, get away with something like that and didn't they think better about about instead of just going and, and and doing what they did with with the Sega Genesis flashback just coming out with something a little bit better more substantial and having a full line of of Sega Genesis games that people could actually be interested in playing I think that a lot of like the adware we're seeing is probably developers coming to them and saying hey we'll pay you a certain amount of money if you put our products onto your console. Uh, I think that as we sit there and play it, we'll be able to tell the difference between them. But yeah, I don't know like why they're doing that way. I always liked at games because like, as far as I have one of their old Sega Genesis here and I can put cartridges inside of it. So, you know, it's, I guess it, it, it depends on what, I don't, I don't know like what they were expecting. Like they should, as far as like how they determine what games, are going to go on their system or what games people actually want to play. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the, what the thought process behind that was. So we'll, uh, what do you think is going on? I have an issue with the fact that for $79.99, you're asking a lot of people to be interested in the system with 85 games, which yes, is a substantial number more than the NES system that came out. But all those were, games that came out of the NES system were quality games that people wanted uh, or people had desired or played at some point in time for the Nintendo Entertainment System. When you've got a lot of uh, junkware that, that's put on and added on just to beef up the number, that's very disappointing. And once you get past some of the Mortal Kombats, some of the Fantasy Stars, and some of the Sonics that are on there, what else do you have from what I've seen on the title list is just not that appealing at all. And, there were so many monumental games that came out on the Sega Genesis system. For instance, where did the first Madden come from? Sega Genesis. And, and, and you know, there's so many other games that were, were available for the Sega Genesis that were really, truly 
awesome games to play and helped the Sega Genesis stand out and almost when it was almost a, a, a somewhat even fight between Sega and Nintendo with a lot of people going you know, at each other, which they thought was better, similar to what goes on today with PS4, Nintendo Switch, and also Xbox One. So I ask you, Josh, if you were at Ad Games and you said, hey, let's bump up the price a little bit to $99.99, but get quality, actual Genesis games, which ones would you have included that are not included on this current platform? That's a tough question, guys. I know Sonic and Sonic and Knuckles, they're they're all on there already, and so is Vector Man. I would include Streets of Rage. Uh, I would even put The Lion King back on there because I, I, I did enjoy that game. Road Rash is another good one I'd put on there because there's just there's a lot of like classic games that are just kind of missing. Other than that, there's a there's a ninja game also that I remember spending hours, but I don't remember what it was called. I'll have to, I'll have to look that up. But Shinobi? I think that was it. You're a ninja. It's a side-scroller ninja game. Okay, that was it. That's it, yep. Uh, there was, to me, there, Disney Aladdin. Uh, that was a very good one as well. Altered Beast was really cool. Shining Force. There was also the Contra Hardcore was was Primal uh, Rage, right? That was that was on Sega originally, and Rampage also was on Sega, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and and like I said, also as well, just because of how monumental it was, Madden Golden Axe was also on there. You know, all, those were quality Sega games in the arcades at that point in time, so they were you know faithfully recreated on that platform, and there's just so many different games that that actually came out on the Genesis that. Would have been awesome. I would have rather taken 60, 75 quality Genesis games that were actually fondly remembered by everyone as opposed to these add-ons, some of which didn't even appear again, like I said, on the Genesis platform and that were maybe around that time or a little bit newer. And then also the junkware that was added on just to try and beef up the number of titles. That was to me is disappointing so let's put it this way when GameSpot tells you not in just in the article but when they actually title the article don't buy this console which i've never seen before in my entire life that a major publication in gaming has actually said that about a product they've given a product bad reviews twos threes what have you but i've never seen the actual title of it say hey don't buy this at all hey, don't buy this at all. That really tells me something about how bad a system this is going to turn out to be for when it finally comes out to everyone else and makes it available. And there's just looks like a cash-in by At Games, which is disappointing because they really had a chance to make something special that is going to be wanted three, six, nine months down the line, just like the NES system, correct? Right, and... I know we're, we're trying to cash in on the whole nostalgia thing, but let me ask you this. Do you think there was actually a, a desire for a Sega Genesis remake or an, an Atari remake? Because there's so many of them. Like, at games, like, they have produced so many of these similar consoles in the past. And, like, if you don't want a – assuming you still have all your games, like, you can go out and buy the original console, say, like, a book-off or something for, you know, 10, 15 bucks. So it's not like – the only incentive I can think would be for the games already on them. But if you can, you know, scour eBay or Retro City Games or another retailer like that, you could probably pretty easily find what you're looking for without paying like $60, 70 
Well, it's also the fact that this NES system has renewed the interest. Now, when we say the Atari Flashback 8 and a new Sega Genesis Flashback systems, Ad Games has been doing this for a while. So this is the eighth version of that, uh, in, in case of Atari, that type of console. So they've been out. You and I both have seen it when you go out to local re-retailers and you've seen them out and most of them are collecting dust or at a cheap price, $40, $50. They're beefing up the price at this point in time because they're banking on that nostalgia that has been reborn because the NES Mini I think there is a market for it if it had a line of 60 quality games on it. That's all you need, 60 to maybe 100 in the case of the Atari, but for the Sega Genesis, 60 games would have done it, I think, that were all really good titles because the Genesis had a dearth of good, scoring, highly reviewed games. And I want to see Sega actually step up and make a retro console that we would probably be more uh, more into playing that it would have it would be be that standard of quality there. Couldn't agree with you more on that. That should be the way to go. And like you said, until Sega actually decides to go ahead and take the plunge and do it on their own, I see this problem continuing because people wanting to cash in the same way Nintendo has cashed in on nostalgia. What are your thoughts out there, everyone, on the Sega flashback and also as well the Atari flashback system? Let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Humanican Media, popculturecosmos, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. So Josh, any last thoughts on the way out as we head on into another awesome week with, like you said, The Dark Tower coming very soon to audiences. I'm excited to watch it, but I would definitely recommend somewhere down the line, read the books. You won't regret it, especially if you're a Stephen King fan. Yeah, that uh, pretty much covers everything. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Super. Super. And we're back. Reggie, you said we couldn't do it. I'm talking about you, Reggie Miyazaki, adopted son of Hayao Miyazaki and former CEO of Nintendo. You said we couldn't do it, but we are the first podcast to get one billion subscribers. We did it, guys. Everyone give yourselves a round of applause. Eat it, Reggie. Eat it, Steven Spielberg. Eat it, Bob Dylan. You guys can suck it and eat it. We did it. Anyways, we are back. Super uh, BS, the number one podcast in the universe. 
Can in we beat Dave's the world? Garage. <laughs> in, in the universe of Dave's Garage. Um, anyways, we want to hear from you. So email us. That's our first thing we're going to talk about. Email us at superbscast at gmail.com. Email us at superbscast at gmail.com. Hey, what should email they email us, us at? Super. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for asking. Superbscast at gmail.com. Uh, what will we do with those emails? I'll probably bring them to an email bank, save them, probably see if frame them, see frame if them. the stock frame grows them. a little bit, sell them off see later. If, see if Nintendo stock grows. Oh, Nintendo, I love you. <laughs> um, anyways, I am Brian Wagner, the voice you know and love, the voice of Batman in episodes one through seven on the animated adventures. Mm. That's true. Um, <laughs> this is Super BS episode 19, July 26th, 2017. No, 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 it's the first ever episode 19. Uh, that is stolen <laughs> from another podcast. Damn you. <laughs> and who is this voice that just spoke? This is uh, Josh Brankerson. You return. Josh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My That's demise the, has been greatly exaggerated. That is uh, Josh's <laughs> theme song everyone knows and loves. We missed you, my bro. Every yeah. every bro was weeping some bro tears, okay? As we did a bro rodeo in your a bro, honor. Would that just be a brodeo? Nope. No. <laughs> we couldn't. We were too dumb to be able to switch to, <laughs> to portmanteau those words. Um, and uh, who is this that was laughing in those other ears? Oh, this is uh, Dave. AKA Stankbank, AKA That's what I want to hear. Stankbank himself <laughs> and Steakbake. Do, do you know just, <laughs> Do you know that's bank? gone into every episode description since we started saying that? Stankbank? Stankbank. Yeah, Stankbank. I uh, yeah, I mean, I obviously read the episode descriptions. Everyone memorize them. Those. I uh, I recite those I at recite home them. every night to myself. Uh, I stand in front of a mirror with my hands clasped behind my back. I say Dear David, these are the things that are on the podcast. <laughs> and that's exactly how it's written, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just it's like that. Dear David. <laughs> dear David. I every... promise me this week's episode will have a summary like, Dear Dave. Episode titled Dear David. <laughs> Here's the summary. Um, anyways, some cool stuff before we talk about what we've been playing. Did you guys hear about that San Diego Comic-Con? Oh, yeah. Woot, woot. Mm. That was... Uh, Wait, what was it? San Diego Comic Con. What's that? It's turning into like a star, like a celebrity you, red carpet event, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I want to go. You, <laughs> do you know what really irks me about Comic Con? I used to go to that every year, and then when the Marvel what irks stuff, you? when the Marvel used to go, that's the, the, the irk. Yeah, that I used to go. No, but <laughs> but I can't go now. Like tickets are so expensive, and yeah. you have to like get them the day they come out. It's ever since like Marvel and Big Bang Theory and Walking yeah. Dead. Yeah, I like, mean they're pretty can't. much the same. Marvel, <laughs> Big Bang Theory. No, but I mean it's all. <laughs> like adding on to this nerd, yeah, nerd subculture culture. yeah, yeah but like making it mainstream making it cool to be nerdy yeah yeah exactly <laughs> have you guys Just... seen that meme of um it's joseph gordon levitt who's you know obviously like a really good looking not oh, nerdy man. guy and he's wearing like a sweater vest and then the meme the meme of my dream the meme is like a like a like a girl saying something like i love nerdy guys and it's a picture of joseph gordon levitt he is the number one <laughs> nerd man everyone knows that guy is a nerd yeah, yeah. oh definitely. i saw him in 30 third rock from the sun and 30 rock from uh, the sun angels in the outfield, <laughs> yeah. in the outfield. <laughs> did you guys see those uh sweet trailers though they had some game announcements <laughs> angels in the infield okay the sequel is a lot better but oh, I love um, that. is that a real thing it is i think they have it angels is, in yeah. the infield it's yeah it's embarrassing did, did they ever cross over with air bud oh man air buds in that. the infield that's like the kingdom hearts 3 okay. of uh angels in the outfield franchise that's the world in kingdom hearts 3 the unannounced one is <laughs> angels in the infield. <laughs> And JP and Roger are your teammates. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Mr. Knox. Oh, man. That movie is priceless. 
Oh my gosh! Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't see any of those. Oh, you didn't watch the Stranger Things season two trailer? Oh, wait, no, no, you just said music? game trailers. <coughs> no, I said there were some, but the trailers. ones that oh. I watched, the trailers I saw were like Justice League trailer. Mm. Did you guys see that? Yes, I think it looked pretty good, man. I'm oh, actually kind of excited. It twice. I am excited for that. I saw the Ready Player One trailer, which I don't really know what to expect. Did you That's guys? That's the Spielberg read? movie, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a pop culture '80s mash them all together well, from what i understand hmm. about it it's like the he, the kid has to save the world but everything he needs to save the world is hidden in our pop culture oh so yeah, he, put, cool. he puts on like his goggles and like if you notice in the trailer they had like iron giant halo uh tron stuff back to the future oh cool so it's i i, I didn't read the book Sounds, hmm. well then you have no right to say anything. sounds interesting i read the Get synopsis brian okay <laughs> jeez spoilers spoiler, spoiler alert hey, for real though justice league like i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to I'm, it i'm just uh, hoping that it wasn't like batman vs superman where they showed the entire movie in that six minute trailer like <laughs> yeah. two years ago oh, six minute trailers are dangerous oh yeah unless they, they show a whole scene i really love the dark knight um, oh yeah trailer that was really the cool. opening one that you had yeah. to watch an imax yes oh, the bank robbery that yeah. was the best oh yeah with the airplane that was really no cool. that was um, the that was dark knight yeah, rises that's dark knight wait rises. which one are you dark knight is knight? the they it's drive the school bus rises. and it's like they introduce the joker to you at the end of it like oh, they're all yeah, wearing masks yeah, yeah. yeah it's that movie that heath ledger guy yeah oh he's God. uh yeah this guy <laughs> Nerd rage. <laughs> uh, I actually was gonna watch the Stranger Things trailer, and then um, my wife didn't want to watch it with me because it was too late at night, and she didn't uh, want to get scared, so I uh, never got around to watching. That's it. how I felt about re- Stranger Things season one. For real yeah. though, it's how great is that show? It's, it's really amazing, cool, except it's... for all the kids. Except you don't no, like the kids. I think they're no. fine. I think they're uh, good. I think I'm alone in this, but I, I really didn't like the kids. Really? So I thought they fought too much. Would you have preferred if they were cast as adults? Yeah. No, 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 no. Adults as kids, that would have been way better. I didn't think the kids were necessarily bad actors. I think the, the direction was a little bit off with them because they they were just too argumentative and it took them like five episodes to work together and well, I mean that's my biggest complaint with the show, period, is that it just drug like dragged a little bit yeah, yeah. I, thought, I mean in some parts i could see that it was just i don't know it was such a good show it was, I can it was an amazing show i can overlook flaws when things like daredevil season two exist where <laughs> the whole thing is dragging and all sure. the dialogue's terrible and no i, I love Stranger i hit things. my head against the I, door I think like, <laughs> and then then you finished it no i actually daredevil season two i stopped on i finished daredevil season one i enjoyed it Daredevil season two, I just I could I had super to give violent, up. isn't it? Or is that the other the uh, female detective? I don't. Show? Okay, oh, see, Jessica I'm, Jones. Jessica I'm, Jones. It. I'm on the opposite side of that leaf. I liked, <laughs> I liked Daredevil seasons one and two and Iron Fist, but it took me a really long time to drag myself through Jessica Jones. And you Nick, liked and Iron Fist. Dude, that's like considered to be yeah. the worst. Yeah, once, you, hey, not very good, once you get past the six episodes, <laughs> once you invest six hours in this mediocre show, I was just sitting there on the couch going, "It's gonna get better. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna get better." <laughs> what was the other show? It was um, it's like a guy who I think was in prison and he Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Yeah, yeah. they're all meetup. I do, I pre- probably will watch the meetup show, even though I didn't wow. watch all the other yeah. shows. Like. I like the meetup stuff, so oh, yeah, Defenders good old posse. Like him, man, what about? Did you see the pirated footage of uh, Infinity War? Uh, no, no, I didn't. So I, it was, I didn't watch it, it. It was the D twenty three stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. This was at Comic Con. Oh, if you were, really? if you were, uh, yeah, it was filmed on a cell phone. I'm one fan, and if you turn your head to the right, really bad, you can see it almost perfectly. So. Oh. Yeah. I do that anyways, and, just that's just my normal posture, if, so right. that should be good. And if you look yeah, in two be. mirrors, you'll find it in a different spot every time. <laughs> Speaking to you. Find two different mirrors 
aim them towards a computer. Anyways, <laughs> what have we been playing? Uh, Davey, shoot me straight. Mm. What have you been playing, my boy? Oh, gotta come clean. Uh, I'm still oh playing Ori. God. Oh, but thank you. Have, thank God. Amen. <laughs> haven't played a whole lot of games. Uh, life's I just don't been. Like that. Life's just been mega biz biz lately with work and kiddos. And so, how many times did you beat Ori between okay, yesterday I, I and was, today? I was projecting to beat it three times on okay. hard mode. Good. Um, That's why. But I, like. I really, I only beat it twice on hard. In one day. And you had a whole day to do this in? I know. Oh, my goodness. I can't even listen to this trash. (laughs) Absolutely No, but since we played last time, since we played, also known as (laughs) Talked, last time, you did do another dungeon. I saw your Chivo. Yep. I got the... Well, no. we. You did one dungeon the previous time, and now it says you've done two. It says you're halfway there. They have dungeons in Ori in the Blind Forest. Don't worry about it, Josh. You should play it, Josh. I want to play it, but you should play it, Josh. This is my research right now, okay? (laughs) It's so cool. Uh, But in the words of Mr. Bonjoni, yeah, I'm halfway there. (laughs) I'm halfway there. Whoa. In the the, the Sunny episode where (laughs) Frank wants to buy uh, that Philadelphia Arena football team, Bon Jovi owns it. He's like, I want to speak to Mr. Bonjoni. (laughs) Bonjoni. I don't remember this episode uh, at all, really and funny. I think it came from your dreams. Yep, I dreamt it. <laughs> so, Josh, what have you been playing, my boy? Isn't that where all this and everybody's my boy from? now? Um, <laughs> I've been playing Wolfenstein. Oh, nice. Which one? The new order? The, or did you get the, the new one before the mod it came out? To, uh, Halo, Halo Wars Two. Halo Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, all he plays is Halo Wars Two and mods. We'll for Halo see Wars it's about that. But no, um, yeah, I, I got I got Wolfenstein when it was on sale nice. and. I gotta say, like at sixty dollars, I was like, uh, Nazis and giant robot cats. That sounds stupid. But at seven dollars, I'm like, Nazis That's my price. and giant robot cats. This game is freaking awesome. <laughs> How far do you get? I was still like, kind of. I think I want to say I'm in the second level. So, how do you tell what the levels are? Because they just go right. Because you climb a wall. So I I don't think I've climbed a wall yet. I crashed in the airplanes. I ran around the trenches. Yep, did that. And then I turned the game off. Oh, so you're not even... Yeah, we haven't even got to the cool part yet. Supposedly, there's like really cool stuff that happens at some point. Like giant robot Nazi cats? They weren't. Those weren't <laughs> in that part. Oh, they were in this part. Is Mecha no, they Hitler in this already... game? Mecha Hitler. Ooh. Mecha Hitler's a real, like a real actual counterculture human phenomenon. Human being. He's a real <laughs> human being. Have you guys ever heard that? <laughs> no. Mecha Hitler? Urban, no. Urban Dictionary. All later. Urban Dictionary at all yeah. night. It's, all night It's long. like the big, like a common day Bigfoot. What do they say? Keep your enemies close and keep your potential Adolf Hitler clones <laughs> closer. I, I won't that's go into it, do. but basically, I think he was like during. Is World that Rick War and Morty? II. Sorry, I just had to. No, ask. no, that's from Archer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Rick and Morty quote. But anyways, uh, go ahead. So, so Hitler, I think after World War II, his remains end up in Japan or something like that, and someone commissions like some former Hitler or Nazis enthusiast commission like a mech body for Hitler. And then uh, it gets found out by the U.S. and they smuggle it into Mexico. So the the fan fiction theory is that his Hitler mecha body is currently frozen in Mexico. Sounds believable. And, I'm, and I believe, I bet you it would be in Wolfenstein. It seems yes. like something that they'd have in there. <laughs> I know they definitely always get into the occult in the Wolfenstein games at some oh, point. Oh, I thought it was silly, though, because, like, robot cats. I thought it was a joke. I don't think there's robot cats in it. <laughs> I played a lot further In Wolfenstein, there, there are robot there cats. There are no robot cats. There are robot there are dogs. robot lions. Uh, is that what the, they are? Those are robot dogs. Hey, they have four Mech legs. Mech dogs are actually have... super normal. So they're like Everybody. guard dogs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're like exactly. the Doberman German. Okay. So it's not a silly game. It's a very <laughs> okay. serious mech I thought it was game. Like, a, like this was like a weird take on, like, a Fallout 
type of a version of it or something. This is exactly that. It's called <laughs> New Vegas, the silly mode on. Sorry that Josh can't tell the difference between silly a dog mode. and a cat. Uh, a mech dog <laughs> or a mech cat. You idiot. They're both household animals. I'm going to get to what I've been playing because it's the Wait, 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 wait. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. (laughs) We do this one dance. Brian, what have have you been playing? (laughs) Thank you for asking. I thought you'd never No, I was just just reading the emails they sent us. They want to know. Everybody everybody who emailed in, we love you. (laughs) Superbscast at gmail.com. What is Brian playing? That's Uh, a good question. Alex is my best friend, okay? Uh, Just because he wrote really important stuff about Google Mail and sent yeah. it to us so we know how to use it. So chivalrous. He's cool. He's the best. Is that um, like Tom from MySpace? He, he's a little If you reuse our own jokes from last <laughs> week. <laughs> Stop reusing our jokes. All right, so um, what are you playing? I play a little bit of Mario Kart 8 because I'm still doing that nice. all day and all night long. Cool. I'm doing... Uh, do you guys know what I Am Setsuna is? Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I kind of was like, hey, I don't want to play this. This isn't great when I bought it on PS4 last year. And then I got to the thing where I like, I have a Nintendo Switch. Don't know if you guys knew that. It's yeah, a brand I new think, console. I think most people know that. I, no one who's listened to this has ever I think heard people that. People who I don't even listen to this a, podcast know that. I bought a Nintendo Switch. I love it. Yeah. Um, there are no games to play. So I bought I Am Setsuna. Okay. <laughs> so, Do they have a virtual console? Is that a thing? We're just hitting. I, we're just hitting all of like my oh, no-no topics. Tonight. We're doing like <laughs> if somebody had a list of things like, hey, what do people not want to listen to? Let's do this long list and go over and over and over it. All right, no, so but you, I've so been got, playing that. You got the game. How what is it like? It's it's pretty rad. Um, it's it's the exact game that I dropped off of years ago. So I'm hoping or years a year Tell ago. Tell us about the game though. So it's like uh, it's trying to be Chrono Trigger. That's the exact vein. Oh, it's like yeah, an active yeah. time battle system game. Mm-hmm. The graphics are probably like uh, Final Fantasy seven style PS one RPG, but yeah, a little bit better, a little bit smoother. Um, but it's not like trying to be like a triple A game. It's not trying to be like a 16 bit or 32 bit game. So that's cool. It's, yeah, how, it's how much is it? Is it, I bought the Japanese physical edition because Nintendo games tend to hold their value really well. And in case I don't like it, I can Is it, sell it. So it's not in English. If, no, no, it's in English. If you put the cartridge in, Are there you, subtitles? it turns. No, no, no. It's just the games in English. Can if you, you put the cartridge <laughs> it is dubbed and <laughs> subtitled. Um, but no, if you buy it from the eShop, it's 40 bucks. Okay. I bought it from a Japanese like physical thing for $50, and you can resell it for that too. I I will I want to play it and see how I feel and then see if I want to sell it after. How long I'm have done. you played it for? This playthrough, I think I've only done two or three hours because when I've had time to play games, I've been playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Finally, yeah, I finally got past. I know I've talked about this probably for almost a month now, but I finally got past the point where everything is just like a linear tutorial, mm-hmm. and I'm at the open world part, which is really really fun. But there's also just they they want you to play the game more than I'm willing to put in the time, so they make it extra difficult. Uh, they there, want you to like sneak there around. Too many side quests. Is it? Is that <laughs> suffer from that? No, I or like you know crafting what? or whatever. There, you, I'm sure you of, have to craft in that game, right? You have to, build, you have to craft. You have to build the, houses and stuff. Crafting is pretty cool, though. They just like all you do is press one button to bring up a crafting wheel, mm-hmm. and then you just press X. Where and you craft you, stuff. like different types of yeah, like arrows. Yeah, it's, it's just crafting weaponry stuff. What do oh, you? Okay. Cra- so if you don't craft the weapons, though, can you pick up still pick up weapons? Like say you you can't pick up weapons you have to buy them with to, materials which you pick up okay off the but ground. you don't do you have to so you have to build everything yourself you don't have to build everything no 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 um the things that you can craft are like a uh, bigger pouches like far cry style crafting and the things that you can like spin your materials on are buying things so it's kind of like 
The game is, as we've talked about before, like a post-apocalyptic game where mm-hmm. the world's essentially been destroyed and everything's moved back to a barter system, but it's like dinosaur age, but there are some people who found the human ruins and use that technology. Right. So it's it's really interesting. It's really fun, but I'm, I'm getting to a point where I think I went down the wrong path and I will probably have to turn around because the enemies that I'm encountering... Like is, is that a metaphor? Or is that actually like <laughs> there are? It's a it's an open world game, so there's like okay. two pretty dis, like disjointed paths separated by a mountain. I think I went down the one that's way too hard because it's an RPG. So I'm level 15. The guys that are there are level 18. It's really cool. There's like a bunch of enemy like bandits, and they're fighting this giant like Stegosaurus type robot dinosaur oh, that cool. will kill me instantly. But there's eight of them, so and one of them has like a heavy machine gun, so he killed it. But the problem is, if they see me, I die. <laughs> like, can you do that thing like in the original Halo, where you like chuck an explosive on one of them and they run around to the well, creature? Well, they're not work? like the AI is not like that. They're not going to run around circles with grunt <laughs> and then blow up everyone in the whole area. But they will. You can do Demon! like the, the main like battle system is supposed to be you set up traps on the ground by doing like you shoot an arrow one spot, you shoot an arrow next to it, and that creates like a string. And if they hit it, it either explodes or whatever. And then once the once the dinosaurs are on the ground or the people are on the ground, you can normally do a finishing move with your like spear. You have like one melee weapon that doesn't change, and then you can buy like a slingshot or different types of like trap lane things, or and you have a bone arrow, and you have like a long range bone arrow. Like it's a cool game. It's just I don't think I'm gonna get to the end of it. Like it's it's a like I think it's a fifty hour game, mm-hmm. and I'm at hour five or six, and I'm enjoying it. But I don't think like I saw the map. And I just know I'm not going to get to the end. It might get more fun once you once you get in a groove and you're not stopped by enemies and you're so careful. But I, from what I understand about the game, is like it wants to be a challenging game. So and you it, hate challenges. No, right. Yeah, that's it. I, I remember hate, that. I, remember I hate challenges. That. That's exactly uh-huh. what I said. You no. should play Halo Wars. <laughs> <laughs> you should I'm play sure Ori on Hard. Oh man, I love. Hey, for these real things. though, what is the last game that you actually beat? <laughs> uh, Shantae, and Half Genie Hero. Uh, yeah. Don't ask questions. Oh yeah, no, Cave Josh. Story. Didn't Cave we Story Plus. A, we Cave, made, that was recent too. We made a Cave joke Cave. about that a few weeks ago, didn't we? Shante. Shante. Now, um, <laughs> Eric kept trying I to actually, find that song. I've been Donna? doing. Yeah, that was <laughs> Donna Dank Jongly. Um, so <laughs> his new alias Jongly. Jongly. Kind of like Mowgli, but weirder. Right. Um, now I've been keeping track of all the games I've beaten this year, and I've been trying to keep track of all the games I played, like taking like little notes, oh, so I can kind of like go at the end of the year and be like. Hey, this is what I really loved, and this one was not as good, you know, like or a year in review with Brian. A year in review. Ooh. We're gonna start that right now, July twenty-six. <laughs> a year in review. <laughs> Anyways, I want to take us a quick, quick break, break, and mm. then we will be back shortly. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we are back. We're back with our favorite thing of all time. I want to hear about the money. Take me to that wait, wait, money. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't even want to. His... <laughs> it's time for our stocks with Dave. <laughs> I like that. that? that, was, that was, I, I feel <laughs> like that was not my best effort. I want like a stocky corner. David's mm, stocky stock, corner. David like, stocks like a like the stocksman. Wait, that's stocksman's it. the stocksman. I mean. I like that. We need to put like money sounds in the background, so it's not actually like like they don't think Dave is following people. And then we'll yeah, play the Pink Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> we'll play the non-copyrighted Pink Floyd song "Money." Yeah, there you go. The non-copyright, the song that they released into the public domain wisely. Yeah, yeah. Yep. they did it for free. <laughs> for, they didn't want to get any money off of it, man. Nah, I mean, that, that's the irony. They're yeah, going. They're, they're going for irony on that. Money. <laughs> we hate Israel. <laughs> Oh, what? <laughs> what? Wait, 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 no, yeah, the guy from the guy We're gonna from, have to chop. Wait, wait, this, the, that's the, not Josh's opinion. Let me wait, explain. What? The guy from Pink Floyd got mad at the guy from Radiohead for playing a concert in Israel. Wow, that's like news. That's not fake news. No, that's, that's real, news. real news. Wow, I, I can't remember why. I though. would love to hear the context. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I um, think it's just like I hate Israel, but I do remember <laughs> Tom York responding back. It is. Yeah, it is he, something. He responded back by playing a concert in Israel. Okay, well, um, smacking his butt I'm gonna cheeks. I'm gonna take that as a sign to move on. Okay, so and never look back. Tell us about the stocks. Stocks, stocks are doing surprisingly well today. Who do you want to? Who are you interested in? First, tell me about Nintendo, the one I love. All right, Nintendo. It's Nintendo's uh, stock was up almost six percent today. Market closed at forty one seventy four, which is huge. Um, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of buzz and a lot of reporting on the sales of buzz. that Switch, and it's doing really well. Nice. Uh, does someone at this table know exactly how many units have been sold? 4.7 million units. What? That's a lot. Do you know... Four months? Yeah, yeah. And what are they on pace to do? I think they're on pace to do like 10 million pretty soon, right? They By were... December, they were saying, right? Yeah. I think their original goal before this came out, I, I want to say it was 8 million and now they're hoping to make somewhere along the lines of sixteen to eighteen million this year. I mean, is lo- this year they are going to quadruple this year or two thousand eighteen? Hey, how okay. can okay? So this is what I don't understand. Crazy, though. Though. They're trying. They're going to start producing the uh, S- Super SNES Classic. Well, so. don't jump ahead yet. <laughs> no, 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 no. This this has to do with whatever we're talking about. <laughs> and, we don't even stocking, know what we're talking about. Stocking about. companies. Stocking people, yeah. And, uh, Small stockings. It take, don't they have to cut certain like manufacturing uh, at their factories? Don't they have to cut manufacturing for certain things to produce more? Are you talking I about that Apple? The, the fight between N- Apple Nintendo, and Nintendo? Wasn't that a problem before? Yeah, I mean, that's just what they're hoping to make. I don't think they're going to make that many this year, like produce that many. But, I mean, here's the, here's the craziest thing about it. Wii U sold 13 million units in its life, five years, and we're at 4 million now. If they and can't even hit their... it hasn't been out for a year. Yeah, if yeah. they can hit their 10 million units that they want to hit by this year or, mm-hmm. or more, like I said, that's... I mean, they've just hit the Wii U numbers almost in one year of time. Yeah, no, and that's, and that's I think, they're probably going to do that, whether or not the scarcity is artificial or, or what, but everyone wants it. Um, obviously, it's a good console. It's Nintendo. But I think a lot of it has to do with with scarcity i think i almost want one myself even though i don't really want one but every time i go to target and i'm looking for one i don't see it i kind of want it just a little bit more and we gotta we gotta talk about that more in a bit tell me a little bit though about activision blizzard wait wait, real quick though i wasn't done talking about the nintendo stuff oh something else happened yeah i mean well this is just kind of like my my opinion of nintendo shoot it so so every time every time nintendo releases a console their stock you know their stock does well right like they have they have a good year every time like a new console is coming out and, and the console is selling well but 
what are they going to do like in the in the in between years, like the two and three years in between new consoles being released? Their stock is going to plummet. So <laughs> I just say it's like such a cyclical stock, and it, yeah. and like the fact that it's up so much today just makes me think about all the people who actually invest in Nintendo. They're they're like you know career investor people, where it's like, oh, Nintendo's huge this year. I sell it. I don't buy it. I wait for it to be really low, then I buy it again. Like yeah. the people who who are investing in Nintendo aren't probably video game people they're just like analysts they're like our dads and they're just like how much how much does it cost for a share and what how much do you need to actually profit off of your nintendo stocks well i mean define profit but if you wanted to go out and buy one share of stock today you could go set up an account with you know whatever brokerage firm you wanted say like scott trade or something go no (laughs) do not do that i go there and i go to their customer support say can i buy stocks for you go to bigdaddy.com with your parents around. No, I'm sorry. So, so, so um, yeah, just like go to a broker's website and make an account, and um, you can buy any number of stocks you want, and it's whatever the price is that it's selling for at that day. And there's a, there's a bunch of different ways you can do it. So you can say, like, I want to buy at market price, and so the next day you'll buy whatever the market price is, or you can say, I want to buy at $25. Like, say you have an inkling that Nintendo's going to plummet in a day or two, and you're like, I want to buy it, make sure I buy at 25 and you can you can set that anyways though. So once you once you have your stock, in order to make profit, you have to sell it back when the stock price goes up. So like if you buy stock at $41.74, you're not going to make any profit until you sell it back for more than it's worth. And it's it can't I, just be like $42 either though cuz it depends on the quantity. Like if you buy yeah. a million shares in Nintendo yeah. and you're making 20 cents a share, like you'll make money. But there is a like a brokerage fee and things like that. So there if is you're a, buying there's a commission, like 20 yeah. 20 stocks and it's 20 cents. Or yeah. So ideally though to make a good profit like how long would you have to hang on to it like how many shares well, do you need it depends like it's what if all, the stock yeah. never goes up what if it yeah. just goes down it all like, depends okay. people it, who bought before the wii probably made a ton of money oh, but if sure. they bought during the wii they lost yeah. all their money in the wii u you know yeah it depends um and then also it also depends if the stock uh releases dividends or not like some companies like johnson and johnson and other like coca-cola it's a baby company it's a baby <laughs> company they sell babies uh, a lot of big companies like that, they, they do what's called dividends. So it, it encourages stockholders to keep the stock and not sell it. Because if you know a dividend's coming, it's like it's money that you're going to be giving up if you sell your stock. So okay. it encourages long-term investing. So there's a, there's a few different ways to make money on stocks. All right. And buy all the penny stocks you want. Penny that's stocks. Penny yep. stocks. That's I hear, how you I hear make people get rich money. off those. Oh, yeah, man. you can. It's, Let me tell you about my friend. Slots. His name is Wolf. O Wall Street. Wolf O Wall Street. He's my best bud. Do you want to hear about the other companies? I want to hear about... Oh, well, not hey, all Hey, tell them. us I about the other hear... companies. <laughs> I'd love to. All of them? Ruining All of them. Now, I actually just want to hear about Activision Blizzard, but Activision? is there anybody else that's really cool besides I them? mean, EA was up almost 4% today. Why? I don't know why. That is one that I just... I could not... There, there's an article... Hey, they gave you the first 10 hours of Mass Effect for free. That is why. Respecting <laughs> the drama to dead sales spike. You play some trash for 10 hours and for that, free. And that gave them a billion dollars. <laughs> no, there was just an article written about them and they had a buy rating um their earnings are also coming up this week and i it's all i think it's mostly not announcement driven but mostly analyst driven so i I think that's why ea is up just like how any other boring company would be up but um activision is up probably in large part due to the uh esports announcement about how they're gonna be playing praying those pro gamers can't even speak uh, paying those pro gamers like what a fifty thousand dollar salary and benefits and all that plus benefits and don't they I think they're like automatically entered into a pool, like or for like yeah. tournaments and stuff. Yeah. So how, it's all- how do you become a pro gamer? 
That I do not. That's an int- do you audition? You is, must is audition. There, is there a draft? I, oh, I that's what I think they said is you'll like play to be the best and then you'll play for your like city <clears> or something like that. However, the thing I found really interesting is there I didn't realize that there were already like league owners like the New England Patriots owner um Robert Kraft mm-hmm. and the New York Mets CEO. Do, so the the Patriots uh, Jeff do the people Wolfen? that play for them deflate their controllers? They, <laughs> they only, Hey, I wrote that down before I got here. Uh, I really <laughs> wanted to say that. <laughs> they, they they grease their mouse wheels. <laughs> they have all the cheaters. That's the number one cheating team in the wait, league. Wait, so what were you saying though? Like um, these these no, wealthy these, like yeah, they pro own, sports teams owners. They each own uh, an Overwatch League. So whenever no it way. starts, yeah, they're going to own like their own team, which Smart. I think is, it's cool. I mean, that's yeah, like that is cool. something it, in our lifetime, esports will be on like channel 11 or whatever, like uh, yeah, primetime television. They, they were almost saying positive. it's going to be in uh, in the Olympics, like uh, not not the regular Olympics, but um the dumb esports Olympics. No, there, there's there's some kind of Olympics. <laughs> Irregular. They, Olympics. I was I was reading in this and I I was reading about this and they said it's going to be in some kind. There's some kind of esports Olympics that it's going to be. They call it soon. the losers Olympics and then they laugh at all. <laughs> no, the no, people. I mean, if you're making that's fifty cool, grand though. a year, is it really the no, loser Olympics? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. No, it's all. It is really cool, and I think there's more than fifty thousand. I think fifty thousand is what their base salary is, and if yeah. they win competitions, then they get more. It, but I was I was curious. I'd be interested to see one of those contracts because I'm wondering what you give up. In order to become like an esports Overwatch, what do you mean, like collateral? Yeah, and like, well, what do you what are you trading in? In yeah, because the the you know Activision wants to make money off of you, so they're going to be paying you fifty thousand a year, it with the hopes of making money in return. Like, are you giving up sponsors? Are you giving up like your freedoms to stream whenever you want? Like, what are you like? What what pound of flesh are you giving the freedom to stream? No, that's that's a good point. So how what do you constitution, my friend? (laughs) Once you sign these contracts, what do you have to do? Like what? Yeah, exactly. Do you have to make appearances? Do you have to like do autographs at BlizzCon? Do you have to have, is there like a morals clause? I remember when you guys were talking about PewDiePie's little run in with, uh, his contracts and stuff. Oh yeah. With the Disney contracts, Disney contracts. I'm, I'm almost positive that, um, they will have something similar. Like, I have a, I have a feeling that they won't be able to do racial stuff or yeah, like, which is you know yeah. good. You yeah. shouldn't have to make people do that. You know, bound well, by contract, to, but they <laughs> tie their hands behind their back. Too. <laughs> they say you like a shot caller on you them. can't hate people from any <laughs> to, for no reason. <laughs> One rule is you have to be a decent human being, and and they can't <laughs> actually enforce that. So. <laughs> no, no, I mean I, this is all speculative. I don't even know if that kind of stuff's in there, but. This is something at it's the super BS world though. that we should uh, get in contact with our friends and figure this out. If you know yeah. the answer, email email us. Brian won't read it. Superbscast um, at gmail.com. If, if you oh, happen to Alex. be one of these people, you should definitely email us, and we'd and, love to have you on the show. Yeah, that actually would be really, really, really cool, guys. Even if you didn't make it. Even if you just are like in that arena, that'd be yeah. sweet. Even if you just played one game of Halo one time and you <laughs> lost, <laughs> and you lost, and you're our friend Jesse, you could just come on the show <laughs> and talk about how you almost went pro. <laughs> Wait, what is this? Is this a story? No, okay. I imagine as being some story <laughs> makeup. A tall tale. He plays a lot of MLB The Show. We got a tall tale friend that we could bring on the show that we are still close with. I won't say more than that, but we might be getting that bro stuff on here. Okay. Get his butt back into gear. But back on to Nintendo. He doesn't leave the house past six, though. And he (laughs) always carries a controller with him everywhere he goes. He gets dropped off at Hometown Buffet or whatever. (laughs) And Boston Market. And Boston Market. Those still exist? 
There, yeah, there's still one oh right by SCC. Gosh. There should be more Boston <laughs> Martins. There, there was one in Rossmore, and they actually came in and closed it while they were still serving food. <laughs> People were like, I would love can that. I have some gravy to go? <laughs> yeah, there you have that I like. <laughs> they were taking people's plates away from them. No, They're they like, weren't. No, yes. <laughs> yes. I, think, I know a guy that was working there when that What, happened. they have Chapter 11 bankruptcy on the no, spot? There, there was something happened with the food. And I, oh, wow. Okay. It got better. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently close not because they closed. Close yeah. Um, anyways, back to Nintendo. Yeah. And back to what might be driving their stock up, the SNES Classic, the Super Nintendo Mini Classic. We talked about it a little bit. There was a random crazy event that happened on Friday night at Walmart Online, their online store. Uh, they were allowing pre-orders mm-hmm. for it. So a lot of people got excited. It was only open for 30 minutes. <laughs> wow. They sold all the ones they had. Then uh-huh. the, the page disappeared. <laughs> and as of, I want to say, yesterday or this morning, everybody got all their orders canceled. Oh, <laughs> this is Okay, this is where I had a question for you, Dave. Oh, once you... Once you provide a service to someone and you collect money, they pay the money. Well, it's a can they sense. cancel that service? Okay, all right. So, so say give me a, give me a hypothetical. You you pre-order, you pay your money, you pre-order your SNES Classic. The transaction goes through. Uh-huh. They've collected the money. Mm-hmm. Can, they kiss you on the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, you signed a blood oath. Yeah, can they technically cancel something? Yeah, they can because this isn't a service for one. So no services have been rendered. Um, it also depends on what the terms of use are when you're on the when you're on the page. It just that's just all Walmart legal stuff. Like if you're on there and it's like, hey, you know, just so you know, these are all subject to change. You will full, you will get your deposit back if you pay. Blah blah blah. Do they have to warn you though? Um, I don't know about if they have to. Like, what does it warn you of? What no, no, like when you pay for? It, do they say? Do they have to have something like say, hey, the terms of this may be subject to change or whatever. I'm, I would imagine that they would have something like that just for these types of situations. And also, like, if they do give you your money back, you have to you have to start looking at your at what have you lost. Like, yeah. that's what that's what the law is like designed to do is to make sure that people are made whole at the end. Like, when you sue, you you want to become whole again. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are your losses? Like, and pre-orders, they don't actually take anything. Most of the places don't. At most, they'll put a like a charge on your credit card that won't go through. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, and that's at the most, that's like Best Buy. Most people like Walmart and Amazon, they don't actually take anything. They don't really? even put a charge on. Okay. Cause I know like GameStop, you actually have to pay like, yeah, it's that's a, it's GameStop. A, <laughs> it's a transaction. The best. And then they open it and then they repackage it and they sell yeah. it to you. Used. Yeah. They play it for a couple weeks and then they yeah. sell it to or, you. Used. Or you buy a copy of the Witcher and they send you home with the soundtrack instead of the game. <laughs> Has that happened to you? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then they also, when you went back there to get the game, they said, tough luck, man. I hope you like the soundtrack. Sorry. That we'll, is we'll the buy game. Back from you. <laughs> buy back from you for a penny <laughs> wait, wait so so all these all these poor kids uh they pre-ordered their they were all the, tiny tims. All, the, tiny, all the what they are all wow. the tiny tims of the world all right so woke so up they, on christmas morn and they got scrooge christmas in july christmas. So, so they all pre-ordered their mini snes classics yep. it got canceled did walmart make a release or an announcement like hey we're sorry this is a technical oversight on our part we're gonna get it going again people who pre-ordered will have first dibs no nothing there's like nothing like that <laughs> they, i think they did mention that, that they're a bunch of a-holes. this was a glitch <laughs> in their system but okay. beyond that i they didn't say did, like if you got it you'd get first dibs or wasn't th- was, i'm gonna tell you when it's going up do you think nintendo honest. do you think nintendo got really mad at them and then said you 
no pre-ordering. You better take this off, or we're not going to give you your orders. Do you think they did something like that? No. Yeah. See, Nintendo and Walmart like have a weird relationship because Wal- they love each N- other. Well, Nintendo always <laughs> says, hate. "Hey, we recommend you sell our products at this price." But with the NES Classic, do you remember during Christmas they were selling a six what MSRP at sixty dollars for three hundred dollars? Are you sure? Is though, that unique to Walmart? I I don't know if that's Walmart, man, because I think Walmart online stores are similar to Amazon, where I think they allow third party sellers. Do they? I, I, I'm not sure, oh, but interesting. I, I've seen radical prices like you just mentioned, and I don't think Walmart would allow people to. I don't think Walmart would sell over MSRP. Like I don't think they. I, I mean, I I don't know if there's something legally stopping I mean, them. They but do edit CDs, so. <laughs> they do, man. They do, well, and well, they Walmart's, personally go in there and edit them, and they bleep out the bad. <laughs> Walmart's business model, though, is to sell like just like Amazon, just sell massive amounts of quantities at super low prices. So, roll back, roll, roll back those prices, uh, but, and roll forward. I mean, was Walmart the only store doing that though? Marking no, it I, up? they were saying uh, is Walmart and Target and. Uh, some other it just sounds like if one of those companies does it they all do it they just kind of follow suit but is there anything else besides nintendo between nintendo and walmart that makes their relationship weird like i'm just wondering if with this pre-order thing oh, oh if, if um, nintendo like flipped no out i mean that, that's just what i've read about is just the uh the console the classic console thing oh, okay. but, i was I mean, just wondering like if, you, it, if there was like some like bad blood or something like that not that i know of. nintendo wasn't big with amazon for a while like mm. you couldn't buy just because it's products. internet related yeah. <laughs> oh man, we should talk about that again because that is there's a whole new can of worms that we'll talk about a little bit later with Nintendo and the internet. Awesome. Um, but yeah, they they just didn't want to sell through Amazon, so you'd have to get. I forgot what it was. Something about distribution, so you couldn't get Nintendo products like from Amazon directly. You'd have to buy it from third parties on Amazon. Oh, okay. It was weird, but that's hmm. that's all like like finally fixed and now you can buy a lot of digital past. games <laughs> water over the bridge water, water under the over bridge, the bridge. Over the bridge yeah. it's a slip and slide or like off to the side of it yeah slip and slides <laughs> slip water slip and slide through the bridge <laughs> under it, the tunnel is walmart the only company who's been doing pre-orders yeah and they're they're saying targets pre-orders are going to open up sometime this week and mm-hmm. then walmart did say that their pre-orders are supposed to open sometime this week but nobody knows when well i mean innocent until proven guilty right like it could have yeah. legitimately been a glitch i just I think to allow a glitch that long and then to wait five days to cancel all the pre-orders is kind of messy. Like, Well, you don't know when the glitch happens, I guess. I guess, but they didn't cancel the orders till like, yesterday, once they did them all en masse. This, this so, is my, my question to you guys, though. Is, they didn't you, cancel all of them, I should say. Do you think that this it'll really be as scarce as people are thinking it's going to be? For sure, it will, man. I mean, it's, yeah. it's going to okay. be... It's one. It's got Star Fox Two, which has never been released. True. It's twenty-one very, very good games. I can only think of one that's not on there. That Chrono Trigger, that's not on there. That is like one of the best Super Nintendo well, games. Well, Chrono Trigger's not on there. No, that's the only like that's big insane. game that I was like, what? That and like Uniracer, but Can't, I'll forgive him. Okay? <laughs> can you put cartridges in? No, no, it's, it's the same it's as the, it's like a preloaded. Yeah, really. Deal. So you yeah. can't. It's it's got like SD card or something that they have See, in there. That's, that's why like the new loaded. Sega. I think yeah, the, the yeah. one made by Air, Airplay is that the company that makes it. I don't know. Don't There's know. so many put, of those nostalgia cartridges plays right it. now. Yeah. you know that Atari's coming back from the dead to also yeah. do a nostalgia play. Yeah. I don't want to get no, too far into that. It's gonna be it's gonna be more open though. I think it has modern specs though, right? They're saying that it's gonna be an ooh yeah. It's gonna be an ooh yeah. It's gonna be like an ooh yeah, like a Raspberry Pi. But it, it yeah. will have like that's what they're saying. It's gonna have the capabilities to play modern releases. But I mean, there's not really a whole lot known about it yet. 
Yeah, I just I, those are all nostalgia plays. The Sega ones, they've been making those for years. You got one at games that's last. You at got games. you got one of those last year, right? And yeah. they're trying to make more legitimate versions of those this year, just because they know that those are selling well, and now they're trying to actually go after them instead of the plug and plays that they've been doing for years that no yeah. one buys um, or that people just buy on a whim. But actually, cooler, more interesting things, more nostalgia play, but geared towards us. Mm. There was a Nintendo sixty four patent on the Nintendo 64 controller that Nintendo made. Sorry, that's hmm. a long way of saying that. Nintendo patented the hey. Nintendo 64 controller again. So, so they renewed their patent for the N64 controller. Okay. And so this is, a lot of people are thinking they did this because they're going to announce the N64 Mini next year. Yeah, I'm Your, sure they will. But how rad would that be? No, that, I would buy I it. I would buy it. In, I yeah, mean, and, I have a, and I have a Raspberry Pi, and I'd buy it. Which makes sure. me bring up the most important question of all time. Mm. Top 10 games, what would be on your N64 list? If you can't think oh, of 10 games. Wow. I got it. You want to go, you wanna go, Josh? I'm going to go. You go you, you first. Got I got to count Building the list, okay, Nintendo? Listen to this podcast. <laughs> We're building the list. All right. Smash Bros. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Smash Bros. Uh, Smash Bros. Banjo-Kazooie. Diddy Kong Racing. Mario Kart. Super Mario 64. GoldenEye. That's where it gets hard. This is where it gets hard. GoldenEye. That's six. Um... Uh, did I say Banjo Kazooie? You did. I did say. Banjo-Kazooie. I think that was your first, maybe. Yeah, it was like second or third. Uh, okay, so six. Star Fox six four, maybe. Yeah, I love. I do love a Star Fox Mario Party. Mario okay. Party one. Yeah, Mario Party. I'm one. at eight. You now. don't need two though. You, no, you no, no, no. I'm at Mario. Mario. I, um, any supplements, guys, that you can <laughs> throw out to me? Star Wars, uh, the Shadows Sh- of the Emperor. I like that. Ooh, pod racing. No, oh, no, no way. No, you didn't no. like that game. I, I loved it at the time, but I would never play it. And no, also, Shadows of the Empire. That game does not hold up. That it's game is, amazing. That game is Don't rough. Hey, when I it, love when that it came out, though, Dude. it was sick. Listeners no. respond in chat that uh, I remember. Wrong. I remember when it came out. I, okay, so me it's and on computer now. Yeah, yeah. When, when me and my dad got, or when I got sixty four for Christmas one year, uh, we spent like the whole morning playing Mario sixty four, and I had also gotten Shadows of the Empire, and me and my dad were like, "Oh, we don't want to play it because like we're worried that it's not going to be as cool." And like my my dad, like at nighttime on Christmas Day, he's like, "All right, Dave, let's just let's just pop it in, see how it's like, see how it goes." And we just played till like three three in the morning. Did you get to IG eighty eight? I want to say. I mean, the... I, I beat the whole game on Jedi, so not that night. You but did you beat yes. the game on Jedi? Yes, oh I my did. goodness, yeah. that a, game is what so a waste hard. Of time though, because it's not technically <laughs> canon anymore. So. Oh my goodness, Josh. Okay, so give us yeah, your list. Give, give us your list, Josh. I, I only got to eight. Ready? Uh, <laughs> That's all you can. Hey, San Francisco Rush. Oh, Oh my nice. gosh! Super Bomberman sixty four. Oh, oh, I'm gonna not say anything. Mario sixty four. Okay, that's good. Mario Kart. Yeah. Diddy Kong Racing. Nice. Banjo Kazooie. Yep. Um, Donkey Kong. Yep. Donkey Kong sixty four. Donkey Kong sixty four. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm. Cruising USA. <laughs> Cruising World. <laughs> Cruising World. Is, that, is that what that was? There's Cruising USA and uh, Cruising World. Yeah. Oh shoot! What was Rush the... is a good game. Rush I like Re- Resident Evil. And oh. Wait, per- Resident Evil, yeah, I guess they had those Resident Evil Two and Perfect Dark. Perfect, Perfect Dark. Dark. Okay, okay. I, I'm going to give you guys the top list. No one's going to beat this. Let's hear it. Buck Bumble. Oh my! No way. <laughs> really? <Lover>. No. <laughs> really? No way. <laughs> I'm guess. Guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wish I could Monkey remember. Ball. <laughs> Castlevania in 64. <laughs> Heroes of Might and Magic 64. <laughs> I am building the worst list ever, but Wait, I do I, I do want list. the Buck Bumble <laughs> song. Okay, what, what's, what's your, what are your games that are different from ours that you have? Okay, I actually do want Space Station Silicon Valley. I love I that game. I don't think I played that up. game. What was that? It's like you were a robot chip that would go into different animals and essentially solve puzzles. A chip in or different... a chimp? A chip. Like, like a, you were like a, like a tortilla DNA chip. chip. Yeah, and they people would eat you. <laughs> they would dip you in salsa. You. And yeah. just... No, it was just cool, though, because like, you would be a bear. You'd beat this other animal. You'd jump into their body like a penguin, and then you'd have to go to this area where only the penguins could play the piano. You have to jump on the different keys to unlock this thing, and it would move you to the next stage. Yeah. And all of them were really – It's it is actually a really good game. You should check it out. Um, that sounds like it. Yeah. Blast Core. You guys didn't mention yeah, Bla- that. Yeah, Blast Core okay. is cool. Yeah, I would play Blast Core. Um, I'm trying to think what's different from you guys. Banjo Kazooie is so great. Banjo Two yeah. is not great. No, it is um, not. I would say I forgot there was a second one. I loved Command and Conquer and Starcraft. I don't know if they'd ever make it on this. What about Rogue Squadron? I, Rogue Squadron's a great. I game. liked Rogue Squadron. I like Shadows of the Empire just so much yeah, more. Shadows of the Empire is great. I remember it took me a while to get into Rogue Squadron. What I love the banter in Rogue Squadron, the like the cutscene dialogues between Luke and Wedge and stuff like oh, that. Man, They're so the bad. Yeah, I see the problem with N sixty four is with all of our lists is we have a hard time making like a list of ten games without just making joke lists of terrible games. Well, we we both made real lists. Hey, okay, well I could that I could make real, a real list real if you wanted. Though, it's going to be duplicates to, of everything. No, that's why we asked for things that you were, were about original. to insult. Bomberman, tell me what your problem with Bomberman is. Uh, I just I love Bomberman six four and Bomberman, Bomberman 64. Hero. The new the Bomberman on Switch is pretty bad, but the Did one you on get 64, it on sale for twenty five dollars. I didn't get on sale. I I played it though. Okay. I think if I played Bomberman now, I I would probably enjoy it. But when I was a kid, I was really quick to say I didn't like things, like okay. just instantly. Hence the gummy ship. Um, I love that gummy ship. So it, to me, to me, it's just like fun to make fun of it. But I I really don't know anything about it. So I'm sorry <laughs> if I if I offended your list. Hey, I it quit. Was, <laughs> it was out of fear. All you listeners, fear of the unknown. We are so sorry that we invited this guy on the show. This clown. I have yeah. Bomberman xenophobia. Bomberman uh, sixty four. Anti Bomberman podcast. Yes. So we got a little bit more Nintendo stuff to talk about. I want to get through it pretty quick. Um, virtual console. I want to get back to <laughs> Nintendo and problems with the internet because. Mm-hmm. A game that I've been wanting to play nonstop, but I have not. Amazon has not sent me that email yet. Let me know that's on its way to my house. Splatoon 2, where I could hmm. be super fresh. <laughs> wanted to try it out, um, but that, I haven't received it yet. Anyways, that has sold a lot of units. I, f- I forget yeah. what the exact number was, but it, it's like for the, uh, it's like a, half as many of well uh, for a new been sold? for a new franchise. Like it's actually sold. Well, no, are you talking about arms? Is that what I'm talking about? Arms sold oh, a arms. million. Yeah. Splatoon 2 is not oh. a new franchise. Hey, they had on the Wii U. Yeah. That's embarrassing, guys. I'm sorry. It's okay. No, it's okay. No, no, no. But speaking of they're numbers the same, real quick. They're like well, the same we, game. They look well, exactly should, the same. We should mention that Zelda sold 3.89 million units. And Mario Kart 8, a game that was already on Wii U, sold 3.5 million units no, already on Switch. That's, that's just testimony that it was super smart to re-release that game. Because yeah. the Wii it's U. It's a great one. Like. No one played it on the Wii U and or people want to keep playing that game because it didn't come out early enough within the Wii U cycle. I yeah. don't know. Well, I just think a lot of people, I mean, there's only 10 million Wii U's out there and a mm. lot of people like myself sold my Wii U with yeah, all my I games. Sold it. I so sold it as well. I was down to play Mario Kart because it's a great yeah. Mario Kart. Um, but no, Splatoon 2, it looks amazing and it's really, Mario Kart 8 does go online. I played a couple games online. It runs pretty well, but 
Splatoon 2 is one of the first games to really test the online functionality because that's most of the game is being online, like yeah, playing yeah, in Yeah, it's a multiplayer war. game. However, Nintendo's been uh, proving once again that they do not understand the internet. Like Mario Kart 8 was, oh, was like great. Oh, like with the buckets. Don't they bucket you and like force you to play certain maps and things? Yeah, so here's here's some of the weird things they do. If you start a game and you're waiting in a lobby, mm-hmm. you can't back out. There's no way to stop unless you actually get into the game and quit out. So say you're waiting in the lobby and not enough people join. Mm-hmm. You have you, to wait in this lobby till... Can't you just turn it off? That's it. That's your only option is to turn it off. You get penalized for it. No, but I mean, you have to shut off the game and that's restart really, it. Yeah, that's like, super that's annoying. Kind of, and then they have a, a like a horde mode where you and a bunch of team members go against enemies called yeah. Salmon Run. Yeah. You can only play that locally unless you play it in timed online matches, which are only open. Right. Certain for, times of the day. You can't even just go and do it whenever you want. Yeah, it's really stupid. And I think they're worried, though, about um, schisming the player base. Yeah, I mean... Maybe, but like then you also have the voice chat problems, which we, I think we talked about yeah, last no, week. No, we did. It's, yeah, and the week before. It's it's just crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I know we bring it up a lot, but it just doesn't make sense. It's I, like you... Do, do you use data on your phone when you use their... You, I mean, you uh, must. You, you have to... Unless you're on Wi-Fi. I would assume that most people would be on their Wi-Fi because they're home, but yeah. if you're not... I don't know if we brought this up last week because I found out about it later, but um, yeah, the, you have to have that image up the entire time while play- like you can't put your phone in sleep mode if you close oh, out the does, app does it kill your battery well i mean it will because you can't put so, your phone in sleep mode so your phone's hooked up to the dongle which is yeah. hooked up to the controller yeah. and you have your headphones on and you have your charger plugged into the wall so you're <laughs> dude it's ridiculous and you yeah and, and like so say you want to get like a text or something between matches or anything like that yeah can't do it you can't you can't like um double tap home nope. button and do if you whatever. do anything i guess it exits you out and you lose all your party and everything wow and then they say Another thing I've heard in this, most of this is coming from Giant Bomb and Kotaku, but um, another thing I've heard that they said, too, is, like, if you want to join your friends, even with the app, you have to wait for one of them to join a game, and then all of you need to try to join quick enough so you can join as long as you're all partied up in the app together. So you have wow. a window. You have a, you have a window you got to make. And if they somehow join an already almost full game where they're the last player... Then you have to wait till that game ends. Dude, to be- this <laughs> this has like the sophistication of Red Alert 2's online mode, <laughs> like twenty years ago, and it, dude, that it, was that was amazing. Do you but, know what's yeah. gonna happen now? Is Xbox or or PlayStation are gonna come along and they're gonna make a switch? They're system. not gonna make one of these. No, I wish they hey, would, but they're not. They're gonna. going. No, no they're not going sure. to. If they man. see the the success of the Switch and how people want to go portable. You can't replicate it though. Like you can't do ten of these. Like people are only gonna buy so many of these. Like handheld take on the go. Like I wish, I wish you're right. Like that's what I'd love. I'd love for all of these to be able to work this way, all the consoles. But mm-hmm. I don't think that there's enough people in this market for an, for everybody to. You know, a lot of people just want a, a machine that sits under their TV, they watch Netflix on, and then they occasionally play a game. Yep, that's and they play maybe one or two games. Yeah, like that people, sounds like me. Not, <laughs> not, yeah, not, not everybody wants to like. Hey, let me take this on the go with me, and then like it can't use Netflix and it can't do this mm-hmm. and it can't do that. I mean, even if they could all do those things, it's still how many people actually really care for it to be mobile. I've read tons of comments where people are like, I'll I'll get it when it just is a portable or just a home console. And plus, they got an iPads too. So I mean, yeah, it's, it must I mean, be it must I, be difficult. Yeah, it's, because I mean, look at the demographic of people who play video games. It's such a huge age range, and it's yeah. only getting higher. So it would be really tough to market to uh, to appease everyone. Basically, I mean, m- maybe twenty years from now, when we can't push graphics anymore, maybe people start doing like, oh, you can also take it on the go. 
but I don't think we're going to see it like next generation. I don't think it's going to be like... Oh, you don't hey, think all of them are going to be Switch I don't think they're all going to be Switch clones, Whatever no. generation. I think Switch will sell a good deal, but I don't think it's going to approach the 50 million PS4s already sold or whatever. 15? 50. Wow. I think it's, it's like... Most yeah, of that in Asia, yeah. though? Maybe it's thirty. I don't know. It's it's so. I, I don't know where. Like, where's the where's the more, most popular at PS4? Japan. Yeah. In Europe and Asia and in the U.S. I mean, Xbox One only has like a fairly good footing in the U.S. Hmm. So it's every other every other like continent and group likes the PS4, and it's become so popular that it gets most of the games. So it's just a constant cycle of we get all the games, people keep buying it. It's one of the lowest price consoles, so. Isn't isn't there like jockeying though amongst the big three every every system uh, generation? Well, it depends you know, on what so new. it depends on what game is out though, like too, right? Well, I mean, here's the thing: Microsoft is the new; they're the new player. Uh, Sony's been doing it for twenty more than twenty years now. Mm-hmm. Nintendo's been doing it for thirty or forty years. Yeah. Um. So Microsoft came out in two thousand one, so they've mm-hmm. been doing it for about sixteen years now. So they're they're closing in on PlayStation, but the thing is like. Japan is very, and this is, you know, I'm not a Japanese person. I don't probably have the right to say Oh, very nationalistic? Yeah, very nationalistic when it comes to, like, they want to support their home console. Yeah, but it's not just Japan, you just said. Yeah, but the U.S. doesn't have that same, like, I don't think, when it comes to Xbox, I don't see people being like, well, let's get the system made American system. Let's get the American system. Well, it's not even made here. It's just (laughs) brainchilded here. It's probably made in Japan. Yeah, or or China. Yeah, I'm just joking about Japan. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's one of those things where yeah, it's it's crazy. But we digress. Um, Nintendo has its online problems, and Mm -hmm. those actually manifested itself in one of its most popular games from last year, Pokemon Go. They had a festival in Chicago. Nintendo doesn't own Pokemon Go. It doesn't, but Ni- they are part Niantic? owners. Ni- yeah, Niantic. 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 But they're like part publishers or something like that. They have, I'm they sure have a they get royalties. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to bring it up because <laughs> that game is also su- uh, struggling from some real online problems. I guess the game, there wasn't enough cellular data and there were too many people at this festival. <laughs> so the game just didn't work. So oh. people paid money to go here. And do it. So I guess they had to yeah. refund every person, which was cool that they did that at least. But yeah. refunded everyone. But imagine if you traveled out from L.A. to Chicago to go to this thing because you're a weirdo. Whoa. Um, <laughs> people did that? Yeah. yeah. To like, like, go catch a Mewtwo or well, something? Well, They're supposed like, to release they released uh, the legendary legendaries. Pokemon. Yep. Like were, new legendary Pokemon or old legendary Articuno Pokemon? and Lugia. Zap, and Zap, so, so the cool right? one and Moltres and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, and like the, Mew the and bird Mewtwo. Ones. Oh, just the bird ones? Okay. Yeah, so I mean, they did all that stuff and like they gave... The one cool thing that they did on top of the like refunding everyone because it didn't work mm-hmm. is they also gave everyone like $100 of Pokemon money. I, I, I never played the game. I don't actually know what's worth. Oh, it's it. It was fun. I played it with uh, some coworkers for like a month. That our work. resident pro Pokemon Go I player definitely stop. It's completely repetitive. Our resident number one, always mm-hmm. online. Yep. Pokemon Go repping how many, at the gym, bro. How many Pokemons do you have? I can check right now. This is an important did, stuff. Did you have BS. a Diglett? Stay with us. I did have a Diglett. Yes, Obvi. Did you have a Doug Trio? I did have a Doug Trio. Yeah, okay, that's what I like. <laughs> Doug Trio is awesome. Dig what? Dig, 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 the dig, rhinoceros dig. one? Did you have that one? Right on. Right on. Yeah, there's two of them. He, there's an evolved form. I loved. I liked. I just loved the animals from the first one, or the Pokemon from the first. Yeah, game. from the first 150. Yeah, the rest just sucked. You know, there were a few cool ones each game, but most of them were just garbage. No, I I really liked the first one. I I loved Pokemon. I had all the cards. I actually just recently um, 
you know, reorganized all my cards and stuff. And I noticed that I was missing a few and I was really tempted to go out and buy like a Mewtwo <laughs> and they're, they're only do, like 10 bucks. So I was do you remember when the movie came out and they're giving away free Mews if you went on Dude, opening yep, weekend? I have that Mew. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. Yeah, buddy. I cried during that movie. Oh uh, yeah. I watched the hey, movie in theaters too when I was a kid. Though. It was sad. Like all the clones like fighting each other yeah. and Pikachu sacrificing himself. Or no, Ash sacrifices himself. Ash did, yeah. yeah, you're right. Wasn't there, they they turned to statues or something, right? Was that yeah, it? or maybe yeah. I do remember a statue thing. Okay, guys, level sixteen. My name is Affidavids, like a legal affidavit. Nice. Um, That's our friends flying in right now. You can't. You can't hear it. The listeners hey, can't hear Reggie. it. Hey, well, Reggie! If you guys can't hear it, there's Reggie. He's coming on his private jet again. Okay, I have ninety three Pokemon. Okay, what's your number one? Tell me your number one boo. Bulbasaur, 336. Bulb- the, the, the starter Pokemon are actually super rare. Um, I have a 621 Pidgeot. Wait, doesn't it... What level does it go to Pidgeotto at? It's like 23 no, or Pidgeotto, something. No, right? Pidgeotto, I thought, is the not, middle one. Pidgeot's oh, the top Pidgeot's one, right? the top. Oh, okay, never mind. Then. Yeah, that, that's kind of confusing because the, the fancier the name, you yeah. think the... It's Pidgey, Pidgeotto, Pidgeot, right? It does, yeah, but the levels and are not... Diglett, Digliotto, and Digliot. Yeah, and they're, Diglett. All, they're all they're exactly all, like that. They're all like that. <laughs> The make sure I got Mewtwo, right. Mewlioto, and Mewliot. <laughs> they actually don't use like a traditional leving, leveling system in this. They you have, have to this like CP. feed them, right? Yeah, oh, you have to God. like yeah. You, well, actually, you level up your Pokemon by basically grinding up repeat Pokemon into like little energy balls that you cannibalistically yeah. feed to your current ones that you uh, want. It's like the dumbest system. Fight other people. This you can fight so other people, but it's not It's not very intuitive. Yeah, but it should have really been dumb. a game where it's like, hey, you see somebody else on their phone, you look at them, the fight's on. Yeah, exactly. That's how they That's how they like kind of marketed advertised it. Advertised yeah. it, yeah, and then they totally like, if, like if, no, if, if they had just all. made it Pokemon Red with like a virtual yep. like AR. Yeah. yeah. All right. How about this? I have an idea. We can patent this right away. We get <laughs> TM, t- TM, TM. T-shirts <laughs> that have exclamation marks on them. And when we come across other people playing Pokemon Go, it lights up. Uh, okay. TM, 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 TM. I like TM, that. TM. No, no. HM6. As long as I say A- TM A- enough, A- then I just got... A- oh, just here's got my that. most powerful. Vaporeon 1096. 1096. But I also have a Dragonair. Not bad. Ooh. I like that dragon. I like what I'm hearing, man. <laughs> I like what I'm hearing. Anyways, we're going to take a real quick break and end this show very, very, very soon. Mm. Yes. Hey, everyone. Venture into the pop culture cosmos today, where you'll hear our conversations on different topics within the world of movies, TV, video games, comic books, technology, board gaming, and more. You'll also get a taste of some of our other shows within the cosmos as well. So come on and join us each week as we delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we are back, and in super BS fashion, I want to bring this back to the thing that we started with, the thing that we know. Thank you. Thank you, Square Enix. Um, Josh, there was some cool, cool, cool news. Can you explain to me what happened in the world of Final Fantasy? <laughs> you didn't actually go. Are we talking about the, po- the Power Ranger costumes on Final Fantasy fifteen? Final Fantasy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just answer. Say Free something. SMR people. <laughs> say something. Um, there's, Final Fantasy. <laughs> there's an expansion for Final, Final Fantasy fourteen. Fantasy. No. 
<laughs> what are we talking about? You well, didn't you didn't prepare me for this, Brian. I don't. This was multiplayer. This thing. wasn't in the talking read notes. My mind. Yes, this was in the talking notes. It was notes. not in the I talking notes. I emailed you all. We're looking at a Google Drive together, guys. You, I had Sylvia send you the memo, Josh. Oh, Sylvia. Sylvia. She always forgets. What your your personal assistant is like Jeez. really slacking. And All right, so what is it? What's going so on? So Final Fantasy Fifteen's has been announced from the beginning of having a multiplayer. The, the game's finally coming out? The game's <laughs> 15 years later. It's coming out. Right. Um, they were, like, one of the DLCs was going to be a multiplayer expansion. We finally know some info. And the beta starts next week. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, so if you had the season pass. Did you have the season pass, Josh? Yes. You can actually, like, sign up. You should. So we can talk about it because it sounds awesome. Is there any more information about it? How does it work you, though? You, can we? Do you jump into my game like Borderlands? Or well, do I mean, I... I don't, I don't have it. I don't know, but it's going to open next week. <laughs> you wanted to talk I about this. I don't, Josh. I don't have it. I, I don't know. Okay, and I'm not going to know right now. No, but anyways, <laughs> hey, uh, if you know the answer, can you email us? At, can you uh, uh, respond in the live chat, please? Brian <laughs> won't reply to this. You guys, you guys are going to really like the reviews that I read because uh, like we sound really dumb right now, and it's going to sound really fun. In connection and with this we review, gonna, <laughs> there is the live chat is totally agreeing with me right now, and they're saying he deserved that. What, Josh. Do, you, what do you know about the okay a game? Anyways, you create your own avatar. Mm-hmm. You create your own avatar. James and then Cameron's there. James Cameron. Oh, is the sequel finally coming out? I'm going. There's four of them, right? To end you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, one of the se- games didn't come out, right? It did already come out. Which, are we talking about the DLCs? No, we're what, not talking about the DLC, but, about, but Josh was for uh, a moment. Oh, the Avatar. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Final Fantasy by James Cameron. Final Fantasy. Oh, <laughs> I forgot we're going into Avatar territory. That could actually be kind of cool. I mean, that would be really it cool. Might, okay? if he wasn't rebooting the Terminator. He'd be filming at the bottom of the ocean in his he private is rebooting submarine. Terminator, <laughs> where he's trying to stop Randy Newman from lowering yeah, from <laughs> the bar. <laughs> South Park reference. Um, anyways, yeah. So you create a character, choose their starting weapon, and then it sounds like you go around solving quests with other people. It actually sounds really, really cool. So it's a whole new experience. It then. sounds it's like not... it's a whole new like place, too. Like, it doesn't sound like you're going in the same zone. The pictures they showed, nothing looked familiar. Mm. So, it could totally be a brand new experience. Cool. But how rad would it be if your buddies could jump into your game? Oh, man. That'd be awesome. That's kind of what it might be. But, I mean, like, the your main storyline. No, I mean, no. Uh, no. No, like, more like the hunt type stuff. Yeah. Like and that's what this is going to be. And, like, yeah. you're going to be with your friends doing cool stuff. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, like, it, it sounds like it might be kind of how Skyrim multiplayer would it be uh, if it, if that ever existed, and that would be, that would be the best. Yeah, I'm I'm all about that. That um, sounds fun. Wait, co-op, wait, anything which, co-ops is so, which so fun. Which Skyrim are you talking about? The VR one? Uh, Skyrim the, uh, VR is the main one. Skyrim Nintendo, VR. Skyrim uh, Switch. Switch one. Skyrim Switch, the, uh, mostly. Yeah, Sky, the Xbox Skyrim one, Switch. the Game of the Year edition, the... Uh, not even, okay, it doesn't HD even need remaster. to be Skyrim. I just mean, like, a really immersive but less sort of like story driven game like that where you have co-op so Sounds oblivion awesome. Obli- so which which Obli- oblivion, oblivion? <laughs> no you know uh, what i mean yeah, like I a know. like a first person diablo 3 or diablo 2 that type of thing don't oh, ever bring okay. diablo 3 up in my presence <laughs> we talked about it for like 10 minutes last week Doomfist. 
Speaking of which, oh, sorry, yeah. real got got to bring this back to Overwatch yeah. again. Doomfist comes out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That'd I be just, cool. I forgot I to mention that Doomfist was already out. You no, guys, he's on no, the private test yeah. realms. You guys talked about it already. Yeah, because yeah, he's coming out. But there there was a lot of controversy tomorrow. around him because he looked like a Tekken character, yeah. and uh, uh, people flipped out about it. And he was really overpowered, and then people found like a that's, counter to that's him. That's the Blizzard way, though. Like, yeah. like when you, did you guys play WoW when there were these cycles where oh my gosh, hunters are so OP and and everyone rolled hunter, and then it was like oh shamans. That's just like. Pally was the best class always, and uh, the undead warlocks should be worshipped. And uh, oh my god, my mom! Please don't listen to this, mom. But I mean, that's just like something that those types of games do is they change the balance to keep people playing because if things don't change, anyways. Okay, well, we have two things I want to talk about yep. before we get to okay. something really, really cool. Mm. I want to actually talk about what would, and this doesn't have to be a game that came out this month, but what were you guys' top games of the month for July? Tell me, Dave. You played Whoa. three games. I want to know which are, one you are like. these my my top three or are these no no games just your like, game that you enjoyed the most this month but but not a game that just was released but a no. game that I personally just played. anything that you played that you liked this month I really really one. liked Oxenfree it okay. was so fun that's Dave's recommendation do you want to know any, do you want to hear why yeah, yeah. you just, yeah, yeah, give you just, us, wanna, just give us a short short a short bit about it okay I'll keep it short uh, per your instructions Thank um, yeah, no, it was awesome. Uh, mostly because of the price and because of how immersive it is and how accessible it is. Like I played it with, with my wife and my friend's girlfriend one night when they were all over hanging out, and we all just like played it to like eleven o'clock at night, just because it's basically like watching like a really cool movie. You know, yeah, like a movie or a television series. How what you, is? How do you play? What is it? It's um, it's like a text-based role-playing game. I think I might have told you told you about it. Uh, no, ta- it's not like a point click adventure. <laughs> what do you mean by that? I thought a text based role playing game. I thought okay, it was like it's, okay, it's click. not a mud or not a mud, but it's not like it's not a, Zork. It's not Zork. No, okay, <laughs> yeah, maybe I used the wrong terminology. But the there's no like action really. Like you just yeah. kind of walk around, you engage in the other characters, and all of all of you, all the things that you like do, text based. Yeah, yeah, like like they're basically every time you're in a conversation, three text bubbles pop up. One for your like X, Y, and B button, and those buttons map to the different text messages that you're talking about and you can choose what you want to say. So like one character will say, Oh, Hey, there's like this thing over here and it's really scary. And you can say, let's check it out or let's run away or whatever. I, when I was, I was at E3 this year and they, somebody, uh, an indie developer was showing me this game where you wake up as a vampire, but the oh, whole cool. game is played through text messages. That's cool. Oh, that's is, is that awesome. what you're ta- Is that kind of what it's, you're, it's more mm-hmm. in more interactive than that because okay. you actually can walk around and you can pick things up but it's um, he doesn't mean text messages too. I think you mean text bubbles, right? Yeah, text bubbles, it's, like like little yeah, sound. It's like a, a telltale type kind kind situation. Of. You've never seen this game at all. No. Okay. So it, yeah. It's, cool. it's really it's a really pretty art style. But it, so picture like really long sort of like Wes Andersony type shots, and okay. you're like one little character that walks around the whole like scene, ah, and okay. there are different characters, and it's very story driven and. Uh, you can choose like, oh, I want to go rescue this person first, or oh, I want to ensure that this person, you know, speaks to so and so, or I want to hook this guy up with this girl, and you can kind of like, you know, sort of mold your your relationships. And one thing that's really rad about it at the end, it tells you the percentage of players who did the things that you did, and it also kind of hints out other things that are that you could do. So like, 
one of the things you can do is you can get these two people together, like you can hook them up and then it'll say like you and 14% of players like chose to get them together. And there's like a little pie chart of all the different uh, options. options. You can, yeah. Oh, it, it's actually really cool. Okay. They did that in telltale games a long time oh, ago. Yeah? At the very yeah. end, they give you like That's a list awesome. of choices. Tales from the borderlands did that. It's um, what all your friends picked real quick. One last thing about that. What is the price that you would say, Hey, when you see it at this price or lower, buy it. Oh, um, after having played it and knowing how much enjoyment I got out of it yeah. and replay value as well, I would say I'd say it's worth twenty bucks. Really, the I full would, price? I okay. would say worth it's, it's worth twenty bucks. And you got it on sale for like three, right? Uh, shoot, no, I, I think it was more than three. I think it was like eight, eight okay. or nine. Eight or nine. It's That's still not bad. Definitely worth it. Um, okay. Any anything below twenty, one hundred percent buy. Okay. I would it's even on sale a lot. I would even suggest buying it full price. Okay. It is a little clunky, but the game the experience is really fun and it is really creepy. I want to hear more about that. Okay, Josh, <laughs> um, tell me the top game you played this month. Alan Wake. You went back and played Alan Wake this I month? I went back and played the expansions for Alan really? Wake. Really? Never played them before. I freaking love that You didn't that tell game. us you didn't talk about Alan this Wake. game at all this whole time. I, when did you play it? Last week? No, I played it two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, that's a great game. Yeah, you, you never were, must have been it. incommunicado. That was like the week I, when... That was the week I was gone, oh, okay. I think, so I didn't really talk about it. And then Jake it. was here, I think, and too. Jake was here, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that game's great. Yeah. yeah. I, do, I, never, I, I love the played game. Because I want to play... I downloaded... Um, Alan Wake's American Nightmare is that the yeah yeah that's the, yeah, it's, so it all takes place in one like zone but it's six different episodes yeah it's not, like as big as so Alan I Wake. downloaded that but I wasn't sure like if there's some story continuity I needed from the expansions no, before I jumped I into it so I played the expansions so I I love that game like I hate the fact that they the sequel developed into Quantum Break instead of oh Alan yeah Wake. that's <laughs> always like Quantum of Solace you mean Quantum, Quantum of Solace, Solace. <laughs> best James Bond movie that. ever I'd love it's to good. play Quantum Break like I I have it I just haven't got, had the chance to play it I heard that it wasn't good like I, uh, I don't know but anyways okay so what I was asking Dave what is the price that someone should jump into Alan Wake at now and I mean at most, you find it for twenty bucks, but do you think that's I fair? Pay, I would pay twenty dollars for it because yeah, that's what I paid it's, for. It's it's a it's super a is it? super immersive experience, and it's like you're captivated from the moment you turn on your Xbox console to the moment that you stop playing. Okay, can you buy it? Because wasn't there like some yeah, drama with it? That's the thing, and we talked about this. I want to say yeah, you at did. the you... very beginning. Yeah, so they had to actually remove it because of licensing issues with the songs. There's like a David Bowie song I want to say at the end of yeah, one of the episodes. Oh. They lost so. The... The rights to it, but yeah. you can you can still, still buy it buy on the it. Amazon, GameStop. I like, can't buy it on the Xbox. You can't buy it on the Xbox store. store. So you can buy a used copy. I can give you my copy when I'm done uh, with it. If you does want it play it. on the one? Is it backwards? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So it was like one of the first games. It's backwards. Oh, awesome! Yeah, that'd be, that'd be rad. It is an amazing game. Uh, and then I want to get to mine. Then we got like a couple more things. I was going to actually talk to you guys about all media too, but we don't have time for that mm. today. We'll do it next month. My top game of July. This is hard because I. I didn't beat this game, but if I was going off of just the game that I've enjoyed the most this month, I'm going to have to go with Horizon Zero Dawn, because really the only other game I played was Cave Story, and as much fun as it was, like it's not a game to like recommend to all your friends. It's a very you know traditional 2D platformer. What about Prey? Didn't you play Prey this month? Nah, Prey was... Uh... <laughs> I play Prey every month. Um, <laughs> and eat, pray, and you downloaded that on eat, the pray, virtual love. console. <laughs> that is the Prey that they talk That's about. Where in that Julia movie. Roberts is running around that space station. Yeah, she's running around the space station, trying not to get killed by things that all look like coffee mugs. Um, yeah, it's, where does the gorgeous hunk come in? <laughs> that gorgeous hunk, man, I love him. No, I, Horizon Zero Dawn, like all the things I said earlier, it's just it's a beautiful game to look at. It's a lot of fun. 
There's a bunch of stuff I want to play. I am I am a cheapskate, so I'm waiting on a bunch of games to drop just a little bit lower, and then I'm gonna probably jump on like Nier Automata, Neo, Kingdom Hearts again because I haven't played that for a while. And there's a bunch of Switch stuff I'm waiting on. But if Nintendo would have sent me Splatoon 2 on time, maybe this would be a different story. But yeah, I think Horizon <laughs> Zero Dawn. And honestly, if I already have a price, I paid forty dollars for it. You know, it's it's probably worth sixty. But if I were listening to this right now, I would say. And it's on sale today, which this won't, Amazon Prime. Yeah, this won't be <laughs> up at this day, anyways. But July twenty sixth, two thousand seventeen, twenty nine ninety nine. I would say twenty nine ninety nine or lower. Like you're getting an amazing game that's about forty to fifty hours. That's super beautiful to look at, well voice acted, and has an interesting story and, and actually pretty fun to play. It sounds too. like it's worth more than thirty let bucks. Me, yeah, but so I mean, this let is me the ask price you guys this question: what What is your standard for paying sixty dollars for a game? Duh. I just really have to want it. I I know Dave doesn't do this a lot. <laughs> I would I'll, never do it. I'm going to do it for South Park when that comes no. out. I'll do that in a minute. A new I'll Elder Scrolls, for... new Fallout, nothing. I new Elder Scrolls. I might. Um, new Fallout. No, maybe if it was an Obsidian Fallout, maybe it has. It have to be like, and I, I don't. One of you guys would already have had to have gotten it and told me that it was good. Okay. Yeah. I uh, for me, it's South Park, Super Mario. These yeah. are games like I will buy day one. I am so miserly now, especially when it comes to video games. Like if it's if it's a game that I'm really looking forward to, like I almost I was gonna buy Mass Effect Andromeda right away, but then just instant. Backlash. What if it was? <laughs> what if it was Half Life Three? What? Because you yeah, and I, I loved, would. Okay, I'd buy Half Life Three. Yeah, I'd buy. I, ha- okay, all right, all right. Okay, right. I love Half Life. Um, yes. Well, anyways, we gotta end it soon. But before we do that, we actually found that we got some user reviews. Read mm. them to me, Davey. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, and thank I will, you for writing these. Yeah, totally. I will go. I didn't. I didn't write them. I, I was like agreeing Dave, with you, thinking. They <laughs> wrote both of these under two different accounts. <laughs> no, so. no, I didn't. I'll start. I'll start with the with the older one. This is from July tenth. Nice. All right. So, um, <clears throat> I can't read the full title because the the title of the comment is a little long. It says "Great perspective on the gaming." I think scene probably. This is from. Uh, Someone named Jerry. So thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, he gave Jerry us Bear. he gave us five stars. We love you, really appreciate it. It says, as a video game enthusiast, I make it a mission to hear various gaming podcasts, and the Super BS holds its own with any of them. So that is that's <gasps> Jerry, a really great comment. You're amazing. Hey, I really really appreciate that. Day. Tears to my butt. Yeah, that's thanks, I Jerry. You. I mean, we listen to a lot of video game podcasts too, and um, you know, we're really inspired by a lot of those dudes. So. It, it means a lot that you even compare us to them. So. Yeah, we never quote any other video games. Yeah, we <laughs> never, none of us, never Josh, st- steal jokes. <laughs> never stole and any steal. jokes in my credit life. credit was given. Before Brian was about to do yeah. it. Oh, my goodness. I um, never steal anything from. Anyways. And the, we got one thank more. You, thank you, Jerry. All right, the next one. Uh, Super BS Gamecast is the title of the comment. Also given us five stars by someone <gasps> named Cam G 77 Cam, we love you, Cam. Cammy. Cammy Bear. Uh, says these guys are super knowledgeable and entertaining, and the quality has gotten better and better since their debut. Hooray! Can't wait to hear more. So that's really awesome too. Cammy, you're the best. <laughs> yeah, and you're also the best Street Fighter character. We love you for that's that true. too. Cammy is I actually Cammy used to be my main. She's like the military girl with the yeah, blonde hair. Yeah, she was my main back in the day. Yeah, she's no doll scene. Her but... and Guile. Um, I cool. also like Saga. Ah, going a patriotic. Lot. I, How do we I know, know it's not a man that sent us this? 
Well, I, well, I mean, probably he's a man, but gave us a probably five star review and we just insulted him. No, I'm no, just, I'm just saying Cammy is my favorite character <laughs> in Street Fighter Two Super Turbo Hyper Fighter Drifter. Okay. All right. Well, anyways, um, thanks Cam G seventy seven. Really appreciate it. Yeah, and if, you, if any of you listen to this and you want to email us so we can read your emails and talk to you, yeah, our email is superbscast at gmail And if you like this, please review it. That's yeah, kind of cool. A review. That was, yeah, that was a awesome. really really fun, and we love doing yeah. this. And we do it all night long. Super BS out. (laughs) 